1: everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM and we've got something a little bit different for you for this episode. On Saturday night, during the MLS Cup, we did our first ever AFTN watch-along. Not just watching and talking about the game but covering a whole host of other topics to do with the whitecaps, MLS, expansion, the drafts coming up, and a lot more besides. So we're going to bring you that show in full on this show, unedited, not even going to have our usual musical features this week. Just us chatting about the game, a little bit of audio tied into some of the stuff that we're talking about, and we're also going to hear from both head coaches after the final whistle. Sound good? Well, let's get going. I'm your host, Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm William Silver, and I'm Navid Mishanchi. So, for anyone that's watching that's not familiar with Will or Navid, we'll get you to tell tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your connection to the Whitecaps, to football. Navid's going to have a long story in this one, so we'll start. <laughs> with, we'll start with Will.
2: Sure, I'll try to keep this uh, quick, but uh, yeah. So I, I'm uh, basically a Born in Vancouver, Um, been a fan of the Whitecaps pretty much my whole life. Um, Became an active supporter in 2014. Um, Pretty active in supporters' activities. Um, You know, deal with the Whitecaps sometimes and supporters' relations and just an out-of-supporter even through the ups and the downs.
1: (laughs) Now, we actually have... A former player with us a guy that has actually yeah. won a championship with the white caps in fact the last <laughs> championship that the white caps won <laughs> so good old days 2008 yeah i yep. moved here in 2007 so 2008 right. was my first season watching the white caps so bizarrely watched you made a couple of appearances then i watched you elsewhere <laughs> so right. just tell everyone about your journey so my name
3: is Navid Mashinshi and um, I was born in Germany, actually, in Dusseldorf, and uh, lived there for 17 years, and moved to Vancouver in 2006. And in 2007, I joined the Whitecaps with the Original Residency Group, and in 2008, I made my debut under Taylor Torres in the USL, played for the Caps from 2007 till 2009, and following my journey with the Caps, I decided to continue my education. I played for the Thunderbirds, attended UBC. Uh, We had a successful run there, won two national championships with UBC. Um, And then following my graduation, uh, I worked for the Whitecaps again in the analytics department for Robo, Carl Robinson um, for four years. And yeah, so after Robo got let go, I also made the decision to move down to California And now I'm doing my master's in data science. So I'm still busy with studies.
1: Yeah, we'll talk a a lot about some stuff past, present, from when when Naveed's been involved uh, into the the team, working with Robo. And of course, the exciting thing is you're in Sacramento, who will Mm -hmm. soon be having their own MLS team. So we are going to talk about that. But this is an MLS Cup watch along. We've started a little bit late, had a few technical issues. We're trying out some new software that didn't, quite work thanks to everyone that joined the initial stream this is take two so hopefully this will be good obviously haven't missed anything from the game so far they're just lining up for the national anthems but uh, just quickly go around everyone and we'll say hi to Zach as well who has also joined us he has to dash away so let's actually start with Zach What, what are you expecting from today's cup final who have you got to win this and just what have you made of these two teams this season so
0: far? Yeah, I'm hoping for the flounders to flounder, obviously. Um, but uh, they, they are odds on favorite, and it, I think it would take quite a bit uh, for them to to not win <laughs> again tonight. But, yeah, definitely uh, hoping that Columbus is able to pull it off. I think when you look at their seasons, uh, Seattle's been um, – I mean, they had a couple of hiccups and stuff. There's a couple of games at MLS Cup that they probably want back. Um, ML- yeah, uh, but they've been pretty pretty steady and and, and – a pretty good most of the way. Columbus was uh, peaked a little bit earlier, but has come on in the playoffs. And uh, I, I'm, yeah, really hoping that they're able to, uh, to get the job done tonight. Naveed,
1: I don't know how much you, you've seen of these two teams over the course of the season, but yeah. what, what are you expecting from tonight? Um, to be honest, I haven't followed Columbus too much,
3: but the sounders I have, and it's quite seriously, it's astonishing to me, like how, I don't know how many times they have been in the final half for the past four or five years. Yeah. It's it's four. uh, It's it's four, yeah. It's very impressive. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, like Schmetzer is kudos to him. I mean, obviously
1: he's got the resources and everything, but he gets a job done somehow. I mean, he does. And, I mean, that's the thing, Well, His contract's up at the end of this year. And he made it known very early that he hadn't been offered a new deal yet. Mm. his stock is now like sky high you've got yeah. a couple of teams in this league now who are looking for for new coaches toronto has been one of them obviously there's mm. been all these seattle toronto matchups over the last couple of seasons the irony if toronto came swooping in to take schmitzer to toronto but i mean well what do you what do you think of what has done down there he's one of those coaches that he's he's not the most charismatic he can be quite grumpy and tetchy in his press conferences. He's he's not a sexy name when he got appointed, taken over from a legend like Ziggy Schmidt. But what he's done in the last couple of seasons has just been phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I mean, they always seem to... I mean, they obviously have a great team, but they always seem to come back, especially recently. And the, the last game was... I mean, I, I was dancing on their graves which, was, which uh, I had about five nice minutes there where, where it looked like it was all going to go for uh, for Minnesota. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, he's just done a miracle there. I, I also think, too, um, to a certain extent, that it's really nice to spend money on a number 10. Uh, and I think these teams show that, and I think it shows the value of a number 10 in this league. And, obviously, I, I think his stock is high, but... Um, there's a couple of people that I think are, are rumored to go to other countries like Ladero and and a number of other people. Um, and I, I, you know, I just think that what they've put together there in Seattle over the last five seasons has been pretty amazing. So
1: we're going to get set to kick off. So obviously we've not done on this show a live watch along. So we're going to try and see how synced up we are when kickoff comes, just so everybody at home can... Knows as well if you listen to this later on the podcast, doesn't doesn't really matter, but it looks like we are going to get set to kick off any
0: second. Jerry Gerber- wait- Ruffo is the referee, they're waiting for all the people to get in the stadium, Michael. Just wait a minute. Yes, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a normal Columbus yeah, one. Okay, right, so, go.
4: so, I should let you know a little story about my uh this week and how much I've been paying attention to MLS. The last time I checked with MLS, in with MLS, uh, the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota was up 2 0
5: on Seattle
4: <laughs> so, I don't know I don't know if you saw the videos yesterday when I was showing you the, the initial setup I had Minnesota in the final because I had no idea Seattle had come back in that game <laughs> I had watched no highlights or anything like that and then some, somehow I it popped to me that with Seattle I think you, one of you guys mentioned it and that's when I checked and I said oh my god Seattle's <laughs> in the final so that, that's how much I, I've been paying attention I've now kicked off I'm five seconds in oh wow oh I'm not they're still showing the. I'm 14. One of the keepers in. Oh wow! I'm way behind. I'm <laughs> way. <you. laughs> Should I pause it for kick six? Off, yeah. Are, okay. Are, are you? It. Are you, are, are, you, uh, are you? guys watching five. it on TV or on? I'm TSN? on, TSN, I'm on TSN, TSN. Yeah. TSN live. I'm on or... like fiber optic stuff. TSN. I'm,
3: Fox I'm TV. in the US, but I'm synced with Zach. I think I'm on 15. Not 16. Oh, I just got kick off right now.
1: Oh wow! Okay. Oh. Okay. Don't worry about it. You guys just watch.
3: Yeah, you guys, that's right.
4: I'm not worried about being spoiled or anything. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. try
1: and not do what we were talking about before we went live and, and spoiling this for, for people. But we're I not, think if
4: people yeah. are watching it on TV with you guys, I think, don't think they'll be spoiled. Yeah. But I mean, you guys, yeah. sync, with the, <laughs> sync with the audience. That's better. Then don't worry about us. So, it, it, I guess,
1: because I've got the sound down, I'll just quickly turn it up as long as this doesn't get us a copyright strike. So we've got the Fox commentators here. I wasn't sure if they would get uh, Luke Wildman and Caldwell to do the commentary. I was hoping they were going to get Caldwell to do it, because I thought that would possibly drive some more people to our stream. But it, it would appear not. So <laughs> we're going to be live. We're going to have all mics open during this. Steve, uh, myself, Naveed, and Will are going to be here for the, the duration of it. Some of us might pop in and out over it. Zach has to dash away, I think about 6 o'clock as well. Who knows, if it goes to extra time or something, he might be able to, to pop back in. We'll, we'll kind of see how all that goes. Oh, what has happened? I'll wait. I, I'm not one to swallow it for you guys. I thought it was a penalty. It's not. Because, no, I, t- no, because I took my eyes off the screen for a split second, and I looked up, and everyone was around the referee, and I was like, "Oh!" Because
4: remember, our stream is like on YouTube is going to be delayed too a little bit as well, so it's oh, not and even. I noticed up that there. too. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. But
0: remember, crowding the referee is like a, a pastime in Seattle. It was the I, it was the Columbus guys that were actually right. crowding the referee. So
1: yeah, this is going to be an interesting one, I guess. Oh, before before we get too
5: uh,
1: before we get too much into it. I'm kind of hearing someone's got I think it's Will.
4: It's Will, I think, yeah. Yeah. He's talking to delivery guy. Oh, he got
3: <laughs> delivery.
1: Yeah, We're going to have what all the mics get? open. So you're going to hear some stuff. You're going to hear people making their dinners. And that's like, oh, a Seattle chance here. Let's just have a quick go-round as to who we think is going to win this. I, I want the crew, but I can't see past Seattle. I've got to say, I just think their experience is going get, to get over the line
0: in this
4: one.
1: Head
0: says founder. Heart says Columbus. Right,
4: Steve, I'm with you. I'm 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 hoping for the crew as well. Although, uh, it, it, but the thing is, with Caleb Porter being the coach there, you wonder if he knows he can do pulls out some magic, some old Timbers mm-hmm. magic. What about yourself in the V two? Who have you got for this? Um, heart says
3: Columbus because actually, you, you guys might not know. You guys, you guys remember Lagish? He was part of the medical group. He was a physio yeah. under Robo. He is a physio for Columbus, so I'm rooting for Columbus. And John used uh, to be
0: there, right? John. Uh, yes.
3: Yeah. John, I think so too, used to be in he's, Columbus. He's in Portland now though, right? Yes. Yeah. So right. there's some whitecaps relationship, I would say. I didn't, know he, I
0: didn't know he ended up in Columbus. I knew he was gone. I was Yeah. Gone.
3: I, I heard that uh, he's in Columbus right now. So I'm hoping that will be great for Lagish. Um, he's a physio there. Uh, but I think, I mean, I haven't followed Columbus too much, but I, I mean, I would expect Seattle to take it.
4: Now, we should get to what everything everybody wants to know is what did Will just get for dinner. Yeah, Will. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, funny story. That was actually an Amazon guy who was lost.
5: Oh. Okay, oh. Gotcha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but I do have a chicken burger here, which oh, okay. I'm going to try to sneak and eat. Homemade? While going. Homemade? Yes. yes. My lovely wife handed it to me off camera.
1: I sadly didn't get a chance to, to eat anything before we did this because I was editing my East Five podcast that literally went up two minutes before we we signed on to all this. So I'm a oh. I'm a bit rushed. I might disappear at some point and get something to drink. Mm-hmm. I haven't even done that yet. We've got a corner coming up to the crew, four and a half minutes in just now. First real chance of the game. It's it's been end to end so far. It's like it's been entertaining, which is what I was hoping for. Like Do, after the who, year it's been, you don't want which, a boring game here.
4: Which of the teams last year was the team that was really playing it safe? Was it Toronto or Seattle? I think. Remember in last year's final. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle
0: has not been good in the, in their finals. Yeah,
1: and what last? last year's final was not a good final. I I went down for that when as yeah. I, I think you guys all know. Oh right, and right, right. It's it was my first MLS Cup that I've been to. Right, you were celebrating with your friends, right? I was. I was in the, <laughs> yeah. in the locker room. I mean, that like put on trying, the goggles. Trying to tell my my friends back home. Yeah, I, I was in the actually in the dressing room with the players of the winning team, and they're like, "No, you weren't." I was like, "No, I I was." That's just how it works in MLS. It's a very surreal feeling, even though it was the Sounders. It it was it's a special moment that, I, like, it honestly, it's even though it's a rival to actually be. In a team that's celebrating winning a cup, being in Vancouver and being a an East 5 supporter, that's alien. Like silver <laughs> well,
3: Weren't you there in 2015 with us? Weren't you guys allowed to come in? No. Uh, with the M-Way?
1: No, because that was under the CSA rules. So that's like mixed oh, zone and stuff. So media weren't right, allowed right. to come in. I would have loved to have
4: been in for that. I just, oh. I just, uh, I just had the pleasure of smelling the beer off uh, Russell Tybert. Uh, Yeah, <laughs> Although I think. Or oh, champagne or beer, whatever it was.
1: <laughs> oh, the women, Women's World Cup. <laughs> uh, I do remember I spoke to Sydney LaRue after the final, who had had a few, few glasses of champagne, judging by the state that she was in. Oh, clearance there by Seattle, just pre- preventing. Columbus getting a, a shot in. But yeah, Sydney LaRue had been doused obviously in Champagne and had, had had a few glasses as well. That was that was a quite a fun interview. She she was like, Oh, I love your accent and stuff. It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, like, we have got somebody here that was in at the White Caps locker room. The last time that the, the White Caps won any silverware, I mean, even when I was down at the, the Disney classic. I didn't get to to share the dressing room Mickey Mouse Cup feeling. So what, oh. what was that? What was that like, Vida? Like as someone that's been involved with the Whitecaps for so long, as a player, fan, yeah. for them to actually be there when they finally lifted that first Voyagers Cup. I
3: mean, I think yeah, it was a special moment for everyone. I think in the club, and I mean, I think even for the fans. I mean, when was the last time they won an official title? Was it actually the two thousand seven, like two thousand eight, USL Championship? before the Mway, beside the Mickey Mouse tournament. And
0: aside the Cascadia Cups, yeah, it was. Right,
3: there. it was official. So it's been years. So, I mean, um, definitely a special feeling for, especially for the Canadian guys, I would think for Rusty. And, uh, I mean, everyone was involved. It was definitely a great experience being part of it.
1: It, it was one of those things, I think it's going to live long in the... Right in the memories of of all Whitecaps fans but it does raise the burning question we're going to look at a lot of things tonight aside from the game why has success eluded the Whitecaps so so much and obviously the easy answer is money but you you Mm. look at teams like Portland that came in the same time as us right Seattle you've got your rivals that what, what makes I me? Mean, we spoke about it on the show, so I'd like to hear Will and Navid's thoughts on this. So well, I'll just cut off here mm-hmm. as that's another breakaway here. I'll tell you, Seattle's having a lot of success up that left wing. Morris seems to be causing quite a lot of problems for the crew. But, but before we get into that, are you surprised how open this game is so far? It is. They're going all for it. Yeah,
3: it is it is end to end.
1: Yeah.
3: That, I mean, Especially that's after last year.
1: Yeah, there's been a few really shitty MLS Cups over the, the last couple of years. Uh, I, I was hoping that this would be end-to-end, and I think with these two teams, you've got this attacking talent. The I mean, Zardis, give him a sniff, he's going to get some shots off. And then Rui Diaz, Ladero, and Morris. I mean, when, when you think of the Whitecaps and the lack of success, so many teams... Don't just have one difference maker, they've got a couple of difference makers. And this is what has eluded the White Caps for years. So, I mean, let, let's go to Will. We talk a lot on the show as to why we feel things have gone down, and it's easy to point the finger at money, but it seems to be the whole culture. What Seattle's done there is like they spent. They got success, but then they built on that success. They didn't rest on their laurels and they're always striving for more. When all these teams are putting little X's beside their names, uh, when they were, had clinched a, a playoff spot, Seattle tweeted, we don't do that because making the playoffs is the minimum expectation mm-hmm. for this group. And they've made it every single year.
2: Mm-hmm. I I totally agree with you. I think, you know, it. the conversation becomes about money, but... Money is part of it. It's not the big, the big thing, in my opinion. It's a commitment to winning. Um, and if you run a club, like a business, um, it's just not going to work out uh, for results. Uh, you might, you know, have have a little run of success here and there, but ultimately, you know, things are going to fall apart. I mean, even uh, Zlatan said it when he was here or not here in Vancouver, but here in the MLS. And he sort of said, like, you don't own a football team to make money, you know? And I think that is part of the problem with the Whitecaps is their DNA, at least for the last 10 years or so, has been about running this like a business. And it's a business, but it's also a football club, and it doesn't lend itself to that kind of way. So... um, Mm -hmm. That's my opinion
1: anyways. And I mean, Navid, you were right in the thick of it. You were working the yeah. technical side. You're working under Robo. And yeah, Robo's got his detractors. I mean, but what yeah. he did with that
3: budget? That's, uh, I mean, I could have a biased opinion. But what I'm actually interested about is also like giving a point of view from you guys. When I mean, I, when I was working on the Robo, I mean, obviously I had a different perspective of it than being a, right now as a fan kind of looking at it. But when we look at it and we talk about money, I mean, yeah, obviously the Sounders are spending much more than the Caps and Schmetzer has way more resources. But mistake me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm away from the team and I don't have as much as inside him as I used to, but the last two years since the Fon- since the, like with the Fonzi money, I mean, they've been spending money on these they players. Have. They have. I mean, I, I would be interesting to look into the numbers, like how much they've spent on all these players. Like, I don't know, like RAEs, all these players that they have, like, I wonder if it's like above 10 or between 15 months like that. I don't know like how much they've been spending, but. Well, I mean,
1: you look at the players that they've spent money on. Right. And obviously it's Cavallini. Right. Ali Adnan hasn't come cheap, but they've also spent money on Godoy. They've spent money on Rang. Mbom right? as well. And obviously they made a bit of a profit on... Ardaiz, M-bomb. right? Yeah, Ardaiz. I mean, Blondel even as well. they did going to uh, have spent money on. And the so Spanish many...
3: midfielder, what was his name again? The central midfielder the oh, came yeah. um, No, Pedro? Um, no, no, no.
1: Ah, Johnny Rizzi. Like, yeah. I guess they've
3: paid yeah. a fee, I guess, too. So... I'm sure, I wonder, I mean, I'm curious about how much of that money went, like, from Fonzie's money went towards actual, like, spending on the team. But from what I know and hear, they have spent money in the past two years. Oh, they have. In fact. Uh, Yeah, and success has eluded them. That's, like, it, like, completely blows my mind. Like, how they went from, listen, I don't want to say we had super, like, we're very successful with Robo, but... I'm just looking at, okay, the way we went, like what kind of direction we went since Robo left. It's really concerning to me. I feel yeah. like we're not going to the right direction.
1: I mean, I mean I'd love, I'd love to, to get a chance to sit down with, with Robo. Yeah. I, w- one of my first questions I really want to ask him is, how does he feel that he kind of brought Fonzie on into the team? Obviously, it wouldn't have mattered, I think, and... who the manager was. They would have done well. Right, but, but he doesn't honest, get the chance to spend the money, right?
3: And I think he doesn't get enough credit to be honest with the fact that I mean, Fonzie, yeah, obviously it's all about him, like he did it all, it's all him. But managing the kid at the young age and actually like mm-hmm. letting him become who he is, right? Like giving him the start, and I remember we really like protected him from media at the beginning a lot,
2: yeah. And well, so yeah, we to know. jump in, but look at yeah. Blue Tabla, who, right. You right. know, like, Perfect. they were they were similar stories at the same time. Right. And where's Blue tablet now, you know?
3: And I remember a lot of fans obviously wanted Fonzie to play every minute, every second. But, yeah. um, so, I, I mean, obviously, this year is a tricky year with COVID and everything, so you can't really judge MDS. I think it's not even fair with all, everything that happened. But, I mean, still, like, some of the performances, man, like, it's... Mind-boggling to me sometimes. So I, I mean, know.
1: it is one of the the comments in the chat here from Bill Foy is the fan. This is in regards to like Seattle. In fact, actually, I'll just pause this because it's going to be a Columbus free kick here. It, it's weird doing this watch along because it's like I'm not used to keeping an eye on a game at the same time. Yeah, but I tell you, the the last couple of minutes, Seattle are giving away silly fouls, and they're going to have to watch because Columbus can be. How is that not windy. a yellow card? I know it went was... right
4: through him. Went through and lead.
1: Yeah. I guess that uh, at the same time, I do like to see things let go. And, but I mean, Columbus are looking pretty dangerous. Now this is one of these games. that I think if Columbus can get ahead, I don't think they're in the same position to do what Minnesota did. Cause Minnesota were dead in their feet in that second half. Right. This is two teams. That's going to be pretty fresh. And, I think Columbus going ahead, Columbus are going to manage this game very, very well. So I think that's why they're really going to try and get this early goal because the thing with Seattle, though, it's a team that even when they're down two goals, like against Minnesota, I still, as a neutral, believe that they could get back into that. Totally
4: agree. It's, and and the thing is with yeah. Columbus they played a day before and no travel for them. Yes, that's the thing it, as
1: well.
0: I think it's disingenuous to call yourself a neutral when it comes to Seattle, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, go, go, going back to what what uh, what N- Naveed was saying, I, like I think yeah, certain people, certain elements have tried to, um, at the end of, of Robo's tenure and since he's gone, have have tried to portray his time only in. In one light, which we've talked about before on the show, and which I think is a very unfair light, especially in light of actually how football clubs love run run around the world. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I mean, I this summer, uh, the day of the Champions League final, I just sent Robbo a message and just said thank thank you, all right? <laughs> thank you yeah. for helping, my, helping my, the, my my club win the Champions League. You know, like True. yeah, I really, yeah. I really appreciate all that you all that you did. I was and trying to nip away for a, a drink there, oh. and it's like,
1: what a chance oh. for Columbus. Oh. But what a save from Stephen Fry as well. I didn't see who get the shot. We're getting a replay here just now. But I mean it's just I'll let you know I'm get, oh, I'm It's gonna, jizzy.
4: Jizzy. Oh. Well, you got oh. the replay before I got the live shot. That was a. what's
1: it, Michael? What's that? You getting jizzy with it? I was getting jizzy with it, but now like Seattle's coming up the other end, quick counter everything's oh, going through morris oh, for oh, seattle wow. right now
5: Jeez. oh
4: see the internet stream uh for tsn is about because uh, i got the live show right now behind me it's about a uh, 30 seconds off or so ah uh, so in a bit i'm gonna uh, turn off the camera and turn around the desk so i can actually yeah. see, see the live show
1: <laughs> i'm gonna go back to turning my camera so i can finally go and get something to drink just you guys chat
0: N- N- Naveed, because you you've had some experience on the inside, right? Yeah. When it comes to you know Rabo and and uh, the club choosing to hire David Baldwin as a consultant to right. help them bring yeah. in players, maybe there's some things you can't talk about or or, or prefer not to talk about. But like, yeah. like this is like you know this this is how many if not most football clubs run around the world. They have. Uh, yeah, and to be honest, I mean apparently the club right now has a scouting
3: department that from what i hear and what they're saying um robo didn't have any resource like robo had to do all of like just literally like he was running everything and the i mean to me the biggest thing when i got the chance to work with them and that was kind of like the first experience i had like in the professional like working with coaches like i mean in the past i was always a player seeing how much responsibility he had like to be honest like a lot of the things like for training for example, like obviously the, his assistants were helping up, but he has so much stuff to do that he couldn't even focus on even like training, like setting up training.
0: Yeah. And MDS described to me the situation when he arrived. He said the cupboards were bare. Yeah. Right. And, and I was well, just like, that's bare because the people who own the house left it bare.
4: Yeah, exactly. It wasn't it wasn't Robo to leave it bare. It was left bare no. by what was done the, on the Media Day massacre. And we always knew, I mean
3: I mean from my day, like we knew, once Robo leaves, the sh- it's gonna break. Like everything's gonna fall apart. And what happened? I mean, it's, we all know what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, we knew it was gonna be like a, a tough, a tough kind of thing. I, I, I'll get back to the, this comment I wanted to read from Bill Foy about Seattle, saying the fans are louder, the ownership is good, they have a great <laughs> coach, and actual players with skill. So four pretty important things, really, that that do help Seattle kind of stand out from the Whitecaps. But the other thing I, I was going to like tie in with that is it all so comes down to scouting, yeah. Because it seems to be like even if you take teams like Seattle and Toronto and LAFC out of it, the big spenders like Columbus, they're not big spenders. They're in an MLS Cup final again. Their second MLS Cup final in six seasons. It, it all it all comes down to scouting and doing the right kind of scouting. And so many guys that we've brought in here have been busts. And you've got to start pointing fingers about that.
2: But I think, Michael, sorry to jump in, but I think that's also partly this commitment to winning and this commitment to running it like a business. You know, commitment to winning versus running it like a business. If you're like, hey, Robbo's getting players in and we're making the playoffs and we're not paying for a scouting department, why pay for a scouting department? Right, man. Fair fair enough. fair enough. I mean,
1: the, the weight off the shoulders of MDS with Schuster coming in and this scouting department that's partly already here and there's more coming. Right. I mean, that's gonna be huge. You still have to get it right tactically on the pitch, and that's right. that's something mm-hmm. that that's a big one. I'm I'm sitting down with MDS for a, a chat on Friday morning after all the drafts and stuff. So <laughs> anyone listening to this as well, if there's anything you want to know from MDS or any of you guys, anything you want me to ask him, just let me know as well. But yeah, it it just, it it seems so different. But before I I, get on to next, I just wanted to just talk a little bit about the game here. Protégé 5 says that Zellerian is causing havoc and he is. He is looking the best player just now for Columbus, Mm -hmm. but Morris as well. Funny that
3: he mentions the, the Zellerian, I remember him, he playing, when we played, when we went down to Mexico, he was playing for Tigres actually, yeah. oh. and, and he was a handful, I'm telling you guys, when I, I, I wish the Caps would have brought someone like him in, seriously, like, a, he is,
1: he is something. Well, I mean, that's the thing, like, why is Columbus an right. attractive proposition for a guy than Vancouver? Yeah. It's like, you, you've got a club that was going through shit. Pretty it's much. Yeah. A stadium that's fallen down. I know they're moving into this new one that looks fantastic. And you compare the city, like Columbus. City as well. (laughs) Like all year round, you can live here and have a good life. I know Mm. it gets rainy and it's a pain in the ass. But in general, like Vancouver is a great city. Yeah, but like, why would Columbus be a better proposition? Is it just that those guys have kind of scouted things? Because of course. Vancouver are getting linked with players and they've been linked with a player that Nashville have apparently been chasing for a while. Nashville have his uh-huh. discovery rights so it's like to me, city-wise I'd think oh, I'd rather live in Canada and Vancouver than Nashville but seeing what Nashville did in the pitch if I'm the player I'm like I want to go to Nashville
2: How much have they been chasing him though? The-
1: well there's that aspect as well it's like you don't know if it's just been like putting feelers out, if it's been serious overtures. It, it, it's tough recruiting just now. Obviously, yeah, this year with all this, I was yeah. on a call yesterday with Josh Wolfe and Claudia Reyna from Austin, yeah. and they were talking about the expansion draft. But I asked Reyna, basically, how? Oh, the- oh, oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, someone's ahead of me because <laughs> I was like, How are you getting excited? I haven't seen anything yet.
2: <laughs> I'm just really excited about the expansion draft, Michael. I thought that <laughs>
1: it's like, Oh, Austin.
2: <laughs> well,
1: the team that could have been Austin, yeah, just oh, there you go. Your
3: number 10 scores for all right. Was that your number 10?
1: Yeah, Zella Zella Rian. Rian. There, there you go. Not the way I murdered his name earlier, but it's like. <laughs> That was poor from Fry, who had just done so well with the saves earlier. And it's like he's gonna want that one back. Oh, well. oh. taken well. Oh. But you've got to track that run as well. He just this that's like White Cap's defending. <laughs> he just ghosts it at the back post. And opposite of white caps attacking, too. Oh yeah. And then you've got the the usual defender thing of what the hell, guys? How did nobody track that run? I think he was your man. I think you should have possibly been keeping an eye on that, but now that this is going to make for an interesting game,
5: wow.
1: because will will Columbus just sit back now? He should have got that though. Yeah. Oh, he should. He definitely oh, yeah. should. He's going to want that back. Dodgy, I mean, dodgy flounder. Uh, Fry's been so good for them, like over the the last couple of seasons. It's interesting. What?
0: On, on that note, I got to sign off because I got to go to my other thing, but I will hopefully join you guys later. Yeah, come back for the, penalties. The, uh, <laughs> the result will be the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, just see if we're doing the stream. We might be doing the stream, and I haven't found out how to end the stream. That's the, the issue I constantly keep having. So you could just jump on and do something yourself. But thank you for joining us anyway, Zach. Yeah, Crappy exactly late start. If it started at five, we'd have got the whole first half in with you.
0: Yeah. It's always good to see you, Michael and Steve. Great good seeing to see you, Zach. You. Naveed, it was special. Hope we get to do it again. Yeah. Well, we're going to sure. be having a Chris sure.
1: night with all of... The, the five oh, of us are going to be oh. doing a, a special Chris night. We're just going to sort the date out. So everyone that's listening to this, uh, I'm going to be the the hostess with the mostess for this one. But yeah, we'll speak As soon, always, Zach. Michael. Have a fun secret Santa. The
2: yeah. secret is he's Santa.
1: He is. He's got the build, but we don't want to give that away. It's be- he, he he actually dyes his beard white when he's not doing the show. So so just the four of us now, we've got a better screen. That's going to be better. Five kind of messes things up. Should go for four or six. I like that they're showing this replay from all these different angles now. But let's talk about this cross that's whipped in as well. Now, that oh. is something else that the white caps seem to lack is a guy that can send in deliveries like that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was pinpoint to the back post. I'm just going to see who that was, actually, I... Was I that a
3: fool? No, who's Harrison? Oh, that's Roldan. He was a defender. Alex Roldan, Sixteen. Yeah, yeah, that was rolled.
1: Trying to see who it was that whipped the ball in number. 20. I was five. I think it was. Derek Aful. Etienne. It was Derek Etienne that sent. Oh, it was it Etienne? Yeah. Okay. Um, that was like pinpoint delivery. But that run, it's like Etienne knows exactly where zilla Ryan's going to be. Oh, I'm not even sure how much he got touched there. I could see a replay. Oh, no, he got caught. Are you
4: sure it was was that player? MLS has a A fool, I think. A fool assisted by a fool in Aiden Morris.
1: Yeah, I think it was a fool. Okay, maybe that was another replay that we just showed. It looked like it was number 22. It was 25, I think, too. That's what Ah, I thought. Ah, okay. It's a problem with trying to do this and keep my eye on the screen and all this other stuff that's going on. Well, we're talking about Austin there. Mm-hmm. So they're coming into the league next season. Everything else has kind of been delayed slightly. And we'll, we'll speak to Naveed about Sacramento in a, in a sec yeah. as well. But I mean, you've got a, a market that's been good for soccer in the past. I know how they've got the team stinks and they kind of jumped ahead of a lot of people. But it has meant that it's kept the crew in Columbus. Right? And what a story this is going to be now if they have been kept there, saved by the fans, and can now lift an MLS Cup. It's like it's a heartwarming football that'd story. That'd be
3: awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome for the city. That's for sure.
1: I mean, it, it's what, what you want to see just in in football in general. It, it's a story that you don't get a lot of like really heartwarming stuff in North American soccer, especially in, in MLS. And this would definitely be it. But they've got a corner here. There's a chance maybe to... Capitalize again, they're dangerous with their corner. Seattle are are struggling to deal with, with clearing the ball, and it's given like seconds to, to Columbus all the time here.
4: Seattle playing zone.
1: Possibly. And they've, they've uh-huh. really they've not got Ruiz Diaz or Ladero in this match yet at all. Oh. Everything's been going through through Morris up that left. They've obviously t- see a weakness in Columbus going and attacking their right side of the pitch, but so far, they've managed to, to kind of hold firm. But I mean, just going back to Austin. So the expansion draft's coming up on Tuesday. The White Cats can protect players. Now, Glass City had a very good breakdown, I actually think, as to, to who he thinks is going to be protected, who's automatically protected as, as being kind of the homegrown guys and who might be left open. And I think it was pretty much spot on because I i would just kind of bring it back up just now as to, to who he's got, because I really can't disagree with this. On the protected side, so he's protecting, obviously, Cavallini, Adnan, Godoy, Ranko, Bikel, Owuso, Dahomey, Crepo, Gutierrez, Nerwinski Cornelius, and Tybert. Now, I think that's a, a pretty good shout as to who might be protected, but I would maybe I'd maybe leave Cornelius... Like exposed because I'm not sure that anyone's going to take him being Canadian. But the other one as well, I'll just break off here because it's another chance and it's 2 0 to Columbus. Oh my God, really? Yes. <laughs> and this time it is Derek Etienne, number 22. Oh, number one
2: in our hearts.
1: Yeah, he's definitely number one in our hearts now. But we do know, oh my God, we do Huge. know that 2 0 is the most dangerous Fortune lead. Of- Right in MLS soccer anyway.
4: Yeah, I mean Minnesota showed that on that day. Now, <laughs> the, the,
1: the difference in this, though, is I genuinely thought Seattle could come back because they were playing good football and Minnesota were looking tired. This is Hard not decision. that game because Seattle did not look at the races
4: right now. Whoa. Seattle looks like they're just still like they're tracking in mud right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 they're going through the motions. It doesn't seem like they're fully, it, they were ready for this game at all. Well,
1: the other interesting thing is the Seattle defender that's kind of hung out to drive was Alex Roldan again. Again, again, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, yeah. I, w- I was talking about Seattle targeting the right side of Columbus. It's yeah. like they've, cl- Columbus have clearly seen that the right side of Seattle is definitely at risk there just now. Well, this is going to make the, the last hour of this a lot more enjoyable if this kind of holds up. Yeah. Are they missing someone on the right back position? Seattle, wasn't it? Um, it must be because Rodan's been more he... off the bench for them, right?
4: Who was the last? The only person I know of that right back might be Brad Smith. I don't know if he's with the team anymore. He uh, is, he is. Yeah, I thought he was a right back. Usually,
3: he played left, actually. I think, did he? Oh, I yeah, thought he was he used right. to play left. Yeah, right was, um, oh, what was his name again? I think <laughs> guy from Dutch, they brought him from
1: Holland. Um, oh, really. Because Gustav Svensson's a key player for them as well. He started on the bench again, but he's still recovering from COVID. But we're going to see what Seattle's made of now. They've got to up the tempo. But this plays straight into Columbus's hands now because Columbus, with a two-goal advantage, can afford to sit back and kind of soak up a bit of pressure and try and hit on the counter. But Columbus have played the better football overall. There's been a couple of quick attacks by seattle but they've been closed down pretty easily sorry Jovan jones he's not from
4: holland but that's what no oh yeah jones yeah, yeah but he jones, plays yeah. he plays uh attacking uh yeah he's wide start, side, he's, or in or the mid, he's in the midfield today oh is he playing in the mid- yeah, he's playing oh, he
3: midfield?
1: yeah oh right but he
3: used to he, i time.
4: agree with i agree with you that he used to play right back yeah like yeah, he, yeah yeah he, he, he used to, to play right back regularly and i think they moved him up to the up the Ooh, pitch
3: bad slice there but he can't be their starting right back, though,
1: I think, Alex. Well, there has to be someone else there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rodan. I mean, yeah, but I haven't watched tons of their games in a close capacity of actually yeah. like, paying attention as to who's in the team. Let's have a look at like Rodan's stats for this season. Because, yeah, to my knowledge, he was coming off the bench, right? He wasn't even like coming off the bench and all, all the matches. Of course, it's a nice story having the brothers starting in an MLS Cup, but let's get transfer market up. Let's give give them a Here's a, a
3: fun fact. Did you know that Alex Rodon used to play in the VMSL? I did not. Who yeah. <laughs> with the CCB. Well, that, that yeah. makes
1: sense. <laughs> they sign everyone, do they not?
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know when this was. It was years ago. That's the first time I heard his name.
2: So Rodan yeah. started the last game against Minnesota.
1: Yeah. He's, he's played in all the playoffs games for yeah,
4: Dallas. Where did the two goals from uh, against Minnesota come from? Were they against World Dawn too? 2? I don't think so. One was no. off a set
1: piece. I can't remember the other one. I just
2: remember the Seattle goals.
1: <laughs> just g- jump back into the chat, yeah. a couple of comments here. Yeah. Um, Bill Foy sent another message just to follow up on what he said before, and he just also wants to say that he is thankful for the Whitecaps, be it the Whitecaps or the 86ers, because they have provided great memories over the years and have not always been this bad. And I, I think for long-term fans, that is what kind of makes it a bit tougher. Mm-hmm. I, I was spoiled because my first season watching them was 2008, as I said, Navid. So it's like, uh, I arrive here, they win a championship. I'm like, Oh, I've made a good decision coming (laughs) to Vancouver.
5: Well,
2: Michael, I I grew up with the 86ers winning Canadian championships.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Year after year after year. And they they were unbeatable. You know, a different league, uh, but obviously there's a tradition in Vancouver and it's really sort of fallen apart in the last 10 years.
1: Well, we are a football city and like I was having a... I, I buggered my shoulder up a few months ago, which they thought initially was torn rotator cuff, but now they think it's a frozen shoulder. So I've been going <laughs> to physio. And then we just all of a sudden, because I was wearing a white caps hat, the guy said, oh, white caps fan. I was like, oh, yeah. I, I got my own site and stuff. He said, like, oh, what's your site? I was like, AFTN. He's like, no way. He's like, I'd read that all the time. I follow you on Twitter, which I didn't oh, know. Yeah. But then we started talking about white caps. And the point that he made was five years ago, the Whitecaps were in the position where they could have taken over the city. Canucks were terrible. Mm-hmm. Lions were terrible. Canadians, you've only got for that brief spell in the summer, as entertaining as it is. And it's changed now, of course, as well, because they're going to be a longer seasons. But it's like, th- this was the chance for the Whitecaps to do stuff. And we got to that those playoffs in 2015 and 2017. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, I was nearly three for Columbus there. After the 2015 one, which was still a year, I hark back into this all the time. If Robbo's tactics had been different and we were more attacking and we'd gone for it, we could have been in the MLS Cup easily. Well, that's
5: the the year uh, that Portland.
3: Portland,
1: Yeah, Addy. Yeah, Yeah. I I remember. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that that could have been our yeah,
2: yeah. But that's also the year Portland kind of snuck in, and that was the last year that you could kind of get by. On that kind of building a club that way, and they talk about yeah. MLS 2.0 and 3.0 or whatever. Yeah, in some ways, that was the last possible year. And
1: Robo had got that group believing so much in their That's abilities, he got thing- them playing at all their levels. That's one thing I always
3: when I talk to people throughout all the years that Robo has been, the guys would run
4: through walls for him.
3: Yeah. Seriously, the-
4: like, I, 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 like I-, I mean. Back in the first year in 2011 or 2012, whatever the first year was, it was 20, 2011. That year, the Canucks were in the playoffs, and we and Empire Stadium was basically there was it was packed
5: uh-huh. uh
4: during the playoff run, so they, they they could have built off that just that by itself, but they they, they did bungle up those first couple of years as well, and that hurt them mm-hmm. as well until until Martin Rennie came in and then. And then eventually Robbo came in. Right, right.
2: But- just another point just to throw in there about the success, like in 2014, 2015, um, you know, I'm sure you guys remember, but we we're pretty close to winning the Supporter Shield as well. Uh, uh, yes. He's not here anymore uh, or on the on the chat. But uh, Zach and I were planning TIFO for a cup presentation. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, to, to then go to where we are now, um, it's just – interesting thing think back to that only four or five years ago. But that, well, that even, was the
1: point yeah. that the front office and the ownership should have said okay, we were this close. We've mm-hmm. got a good team. We have to build on that. And yeah. that's what the likes of Seattle have done. And instead we've gone backwards. We shouldn't be entering our 11th season and we're still rebuilding a team.
4: Yeah, it's And usually by now like if you, if you can say the rebuild started that first year after Robble left, it should have had some kind of some kind of fruit that was yeah. showing like and
1: I know it's not a huge rebuild this year, which in itself is also slightly worrying considering how we, we performed this this season. Right, right.
4: But
3: right,
1: right. There's not gonna be massive turnover.
3: They have to get these new signings. Oh, they, these three they, they have to I,
1: be correct. If
3: not, I I can't see him. I can't see MDS. No. no.
1: Well his contract's up at the end uh, of the season. Right. So it's like they wouldn't have to pay him off. They would just not renew his contract. Right, well,
4: That's Which, the problem. He's, good. He's going to be a lame duck coach. So how much do the players listen to a coach that's in his final year of his contract?
1: I mean, yeah. I, I fully I, I fully have faith in MDS as a coach.
3: Oh, 100%. Because I, you let don't me become you a bad stories. coach overnight. I met with Todd Donovan of the General Manager for the Sacramento Republic, and he worked with them in San Francisco with uh, Mark DeSanos. And he spoke so highly of MDS. And I don't think MDS is really the issue, though. I mean, what no. can he... Like, I mean, again, he brought those players in. That's the only thing you can blame him for. I mean, I sometimes question why we would spend all the money for a left-back. Like, I still don't. But Ali, I mean, I don't know if it's well, still you, the perfect you've, you've form. You've got a left-back
1: that doesn't really like to defend. I mean, he's great when yeah. he t- tears forward, but your left-back, you, right. you're left back, you right. need... To defend. Exactly.
2: I, I think one of the things that uh, infuriated me the most, and I don't know if you guys agree with it or not, is that because they weren't quite happy with Norwinsky at right back, they were playing their best centre back as a as a right back, you know, yeah. for the first part of the season. And I mean, now you have holes on both the left and the right, Um You know, and you have some problems at at center back because Kamiri just wasn't up for it.
5: Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I'll get back to this protected list in a sec, but just to to go back to the game, I keep forgetting that... I I don't know how these watch-alongs are meant to work because apart from the one I was on, it didn't look anything to me. It just looked like a little kind of... Did he
4: flop? It didn't seem like anything happened there. I genuinely don't
1: think he caught him.
4: This guy got the Kendall Waston treatment.
1: I mean, Yeymar can be oh. pretty aggressive, but let's get a replay. Oh, here we go. Here, little kick at the back, nothing much there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. popping the nose. You can't I, pop so- there's, there's nothing in that though. It's I under- just two guys battling okay. for
4: the ball. We'll do a YouTube videos, uh, Michael, where I pop you in the nose, right underneath the nose, and oh, no, you're okay. You're okay with that. <laughs> Let's see if that. How much you go down?
1: Oh, I'd, I'd go down worse than that. I'd be yeah. screaming. I'd probably have a nosebleed by now as well. I'm not tough yeah. like these guys.
4: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that these guys like he 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 didn't embellish it a little bit, but he definitely got popped in the mouth.
1: Yeah, I it didn't look like there was much to it at all. But then it it, it was a whack. I don't know that he. We should have gone down that much, but oh, free kick floated in here, long range shot oh. and over the bar.
4: So I'm I'm caught up because I turned around the, the the my desk while I was uh, had the camera off. So I can, I, I'm totally caught up with you, Michael. Now perfect.
1: Yeah. I like I was I was just saying like I've I've never really watched a football watch along. So I was Same on you. one in the summer, and I really enjoyed it. And we talked mostly not about. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Are we meant to talk more about the game? If folk that's watching this, you, you can. Let us can. No,
4: it. I don't think so. I think you you bring up the big uh, things that happen in the game, but you can talk about any topic.
2: You yeah, want. there's already a play by play guy, so I think yeah. they've got that covered.
5: We're not yeah. here to do play by play. That's true.
1: But my big disappointment. I was just double checking <gasps> the the crew. Oh, he's in, uh Oh, Seattle. going. Play no, no we see playing
4: on. It was I was going to say
1: Seattle getting back to giving away the, the fouls There's a spell there for five minutes where Seattle controlled this game,
2: mm. but
1: it's because Columbus were letting them. Because, well early on. Yeah, they're just they're oh. letting them knock the ball about just now, but they don't see a danger. Like Roldan, Alex Roldan, for all the criticism that we've just given him defensive-wise, he's being allowed acres of room, though, tearing up that right wing. Because one of the breaks just a few minutes ago, no one was picking him up at all. And then Rui Diaz played the ball out to him. So he could be the danger man if they get him going forward because he's obviously in for some kind of reason. But again, out to the, the left wing now. And it's just whipped in. And he's, All the crosses into the box have been terrible from Seattle so far. They've just been getting mopped up so easily by the crew. What a win that would be for Porter, huh? Yeah. he. Yeah. D- I said this in the last show, and I meant to check it out, and I never got a chance to. I don't know if any if this jumps out to either you two or Zach is, or Steve as well, actually, because you weren't on the show. Yeah. But if Porter wins this, is he going to be the first coach to win two MLS cups at the same
4: stadium, but for two different teams? Ooh, well, you oh. could be. Could I, yeah. I would for MLS for sure. I don't know about other other leagues around the world. Hmm. For
3: MLS, mm. I could see that,
4: yeah. That could be a trivia question coming up. Might
3: mm. <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> stick that one in the <laughs> <That's> quiz. A, <laughs> if <laughs> I find out the real answer and it's not him, I'll, I'll put that in the quiz.
1: Who was the first coach? Because I, I feel my knowledge of MLS in the early years is, is pretty nil. The very first MLS game I went to was in 97, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, I was wow. A, was on holiday in L.A., and i'd just gone for a week i just fancied a break just gone through some just crap in my personal life and i thought i just want to get away went on my own spent a week in la just before like new year or before halloween so it was great everything disney and universal had all the halloween stuff up but it just happened to coincide with the western conference final or one of the western conference finals because it was played over a series back then between the LA Galaxy and the Dallas Burn, so that was my mm. first experience of, of MLS, and to see how the league has changed from back then to now—that's crazy, night night and day. Yeah, I mean, some of the
4: some of the games in like I, I've seen them on replays and TSN, obviously. Uh, during COVID, sometimes I'll see a clip of like five ten minutes here, and they're horrendous looking games the way they're <laughs> playing it. And everything. Yeah, but, but at that time, where they had the penalties as like hockey, where you have to run towards a goal. No, 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 that was oh, back that in was the seventies. That, was, that in was the 70s. It,
1: did did 70s. MLS not have that? Analysts. Yeah, the MLS Analysts had, had that. that. MLS had, had that too. I didn't yeah, know that. Well, I didn't know that.
4: that.
2: Oh, halftime. Well, that was a... boy. That went by quick. Yeah.
1: All right, since it's halftime, I'll get back to the game. Just what's your thoughts on that first half? Let's start off with Navid. Um, well,
3: I'm not gonna. I mean, there's still 45 minutes to play, and you can't write
4: off the Sounders. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See, I. I I I, I think
4: that, but not tonight. I don't know. No, but I, 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 I'm feeling that Columbus saw something that Minnesota did in that first game, and they, and they're probably. I don't know if they're replicating it. Uh, mostly because I didn't watch the other game. Uh, but they must have seen something. <laughs> but also the fact that I think that, you know, psychologically, you know, when a team has to put so much effort into coming back and then you have to play what, six yeah. or seven days later or five days later, that's not enough time to recover from that um, yeah. epic mm-hmm. comeback or whatever. Because you, it's, yeah. it's the same when a team has to make up like a playoff run and they have to win every game and then they win every game and then they flop in the first round. It's similar to that. You put so much effort into that that. End of? Did it get back into it, and then you just you die at the end? That's a good point,
1: actually. Like, I mean, Navida is a former player as well. I mean, is that how it feels like if you've gone through such an emotional, draining game? Before, is it hard to then pick yourself up in some ways? Mentally, for
3: sure. But because this is MLS MLS Cup final, I think the guys, they should like. I think that shouldn't be an excuse, though. I mean, nope. it's a final. Like if they're not gonna go. For for yeah. If you exactly, yeah. if you're not up I, for it, but I, I think, know where Steve is coming from. Though. I, I, I think, some, yeah.
4: but I think even subconsciously, something. I think yeah, the players yeah, yeah. even realize it that it's like it's draining on them. Yeah, I think they'll just feel it, and they just they don't just have the whole legs. Right. Or whatever right. Yeah. So physically, capacity.
3: yeah, that could be true. But this is a. I mean, you would think they'll be up for it. But again, so, there've been so many times in the final, so I don't
1: know if they're even up for it. Mm. <laughs> So, I mean, Will, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on that first half?
2: It did seem like Seattle fell apart maybe about 20 minutes in or 15 minutes in. Um, so, you know, maybe there was a bit of perhaps even a little bit of adrenaline off of being in a cup final and uh, about, you know, how things went uh, in the in the uh, semifinal. Mm. Um, but it seems like Steve was saying, like they – They've either run out of gas or there's something that's been exposed. Um, they played a game plan, and and now Columbus is starting to come on the positive.
4: And the, and the other thing is it could have been um, um, a little bit of strategy, too, because if you think of it, maybe they decided to take it a little easy in their first half mm-hmm. to save themselves for the second. Mm-hmm. and And Columbus maybe either recognized that or knew they were going to do that, and they just decided to attack right off the bat.
1: We've got a message in the chat from M and F McCauley who say the white caps are like the Sagrada Familia. Now, oh, I don't, get unfi- that. Uh, I don't get that. Uh, that's
4: like an unfinished church or something in Spain, if I'm oh, mistaken. Can, oh, can, that's can, a great
1: analogy. Then I like that one.
4: Well, let me look it up one second. I, think I was gonna look it up I'm...
1: before I read it out, but I thought oh, I'll just read it now. But yeah, if that's what he's talking about, yeah. I would kind of say then the white caps are like to to use a North American example, the Winchester Mystery House, which is down near <laughs> your neck of the Wiz Navid. Which so I, when I visited that, I was fascinated by that, it was amazing. Uh, but yeah, I haven't been but, there. So, so what did you find out, Steve?
4: It's, it's uh, if it's the same thing, it's uh, the Basilica de la Sagrada Familia. And the first line is it's, it's a large, unfinished Roman Catholic uh, in the district of Barcelona. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Barcelona is a place
1: I always wanted to go. I bought my guidebooks, I'd planned trips, and then never ended up going. So at some point, hopefully, I will get there. But yeah, they're like that. They're like the Winchester Mystery House. It's like they keep building, but nothing ever seems to be finished. So, Which, how many signings are he going to bring in? How many DPs is he bringing in? He's bringing in four DPs, three actual D- oh three, okay, three but. of the new young DPs that they're allowed to bring, and then one fully blown DP. Three deflated, deflated, DPs and fully blown we've up. We've had one. a few DPS over the years that have fully blown up, and I've yeah. not been what we're hoping for. <laughs> three but no, he,
4: starter DPS. He, he's well, all I, the I young the, Honestly, all the, honestly, the young DPS, should, at least two of them definitely should be starters, if not all three of them. So, something yeah. like
3: Matty Laba Laba was a young, was a young DP, right? Yeah yeah, one Mati time yeah, yeah. Matty yeah. was a young yeah, back Matthew in
1: the day, worked. and in Bomb was a young DP, right? Okay, but this is the this down. is the this is this new new thing that MLS are doing to try and bring younger talent to, to the league. Now, this is also going to be an interesting way to look how the Whitecaps decide to do this, because there's going to be teams around MLS that use this young designated player rule to bring in top talent from Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, Uruguay, Diego Rossi, golden boot leader. He's 22 years old. He would qualify under this. But then you've got Axel Schuster mentioning, oh, we've been looking at a player, but it's going to take 39 weeks to bring him here. It looked like that then turned out to be from Morocco. So we're targeting Morocco for our young designated players yeah. i'm not trying to be like disparaging yeah. about morocco because there's obviously yeah good players all over the world and but it's like other clubs aren't going to be looking in in morocco now maybe we will unearth this magical diamond in the rough robo is always talking about going down to south america trying to find right. the hidden gems right, right i think right, in right. world football though it's harder and harder it's, it's hard it's i mean it's it's like a lottery.
3: I mean, you got to do your homework, though. I mean, these yeah. guys. I mean, if
4: yeah, if anything, like what FIFA 21 has taught me, it takes at least 18 days to scout somebody, so you got to put your time in. At... <laughs> but I was able to find some hidden gems in my first year as a Whitecaps manager. I mean, it, yeah, go ahead. I was about to say, like,
2: it, it's always a crapshoot, and obviously, Naveed, I've been on your side of the equation, yeah. but as a supporter, it also seems to be like you say the research you shouldn't be taking wild stabs at things either and rolling the yeah. dice like
5: right uh, yeah i
2: mean going off the board you know yeah you might find a hidden gem but you just might find a lot of dirt
6: when you're yeah. digging
2: around so of course, I, I, yeah, of course. And we haven't been highly successful at, at doing it so far so <laughs>
4: the, thing, <laughs> the thing is i i don't mind them when they go after like an rds because an rds didn't cost them anything except for right a and that price salary. right yeah, and that yeah.
3: prize, it is a hit and miss, to
4: be honest. I think. Yeah, and the thing is, yeah. this guy, this guy RDS was rated as like at one point one of the top right, young footballers. Right, right. So yeah, you take yeah, a, it, you, you definitely take a stab at that. Right. And then right. you got so much content from the, you know, the mystery detective stuff with Michael as well with RDS. So yeah. that was valuable for us as well. Yeah. Actually, but overall talking with
1: him in my hood last night, we could have maybe solved what had happened.
4: Yeah. So <laughs> so it, I think it, like that those kind of things are definitely worth it. It's just the you can't spend money and uh, upon a diamond in a rough. You have to get those guys for free.
2: Another one was Kudo. I thought that was quite an interesting move. Um, Masato. Yeah. yeah. Uh It didn't work out, but it was an interesting move. (laughs) He's been doing pretty well in Japan, and I don't think they spend that much money on him.
4: So... The thing is, they should be able to use the whole Alfonso Davies example. Like, you know, we got this guy, he was, and now he's playing in the well, I'm sure league. they do that. I'm they sure have to all be there. Yeah. Yeah. Just and
3: follow then, their Twitter right now. It's all about Fonzie every exactly. other day. So,
4: and, <laughs> and then and they did a similar thing with him in Bomb too. They brought him in. He played for, what, a year, year and a half, mm-hmm. and then now he's in playing in Russia. So they, they have shown examples that they can move people on, so they should be using those things as examples to bring in top players. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, the, the the full blown DP that they're bringing in. Axel told me it's going to be in the eight-stroke ten position. He didn't it's say within be, the league
3: or outside the league. He didn't say that.
1: No, but no, I did get the that. indication it's probably from the outside. outside. Now, the the only interesting outside. thing is, like, the the MLS trade window opens tomorrow for a half a morning, and then it's going to mm-hmm. reopen again. Um, Axel Schuster has said it might have been MDS but I think it was Axel had said look, we might be busy but if we're not, there's always the next one in, in January y- you look at so many teams around the league and like Columbus is a good example, Nashville this year, I've talked about it so many times, they've got these quality MLS guys mm. that maybe wouldn't go and light it up in the top leagues in Europe or whatever but in 100%. MLS, they're solid and they get the job done and yeah. they know how to win and they know right. about playing on different pitches and then going from altitude one week to the heat in the next week and then all the travel and all the crap that goes with it. When you're bringing guys in from like Japan, Korea, yeah, the, like Morocco, Tunisia, right, right. wherever,
3: it's this, hard. Like, even yeah.
1: guys from the UK and guys yep. from Scotland that I speak to, they're like, this is way more than I, I was told about it. Yeah, it's way more than I even imagined. Yeah, I mean, you remember twenty fifteen when we brought in Jordan. I mean, Jordan was there longer,
3: but guys like Harvey, Beta, mm-hmm. that those guys are—they're so valuable. Having these MLS experience guys, totally agree with you, Michael. Mm-hmm. Whose telly is on? Not mine. Oh, mine. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Did you guys see the clip of Garber today? Him talking about? Oh no. Harvey. I think it was on Twitter, I think. He mentioned something about how successful Kerfoot and his franchise has been. What? And there's more success to come. Just look it up on Twitter, something like that.
2: Yeah, Glass City tweeted it. I didn't have a chance to to watch it because it was on the chat here. Oh, wow.
1: Was was
4: that like during a State of the Union address or something? I don't know. No, Uh, it definitely
1: wasn't because I was on that call. uh, And that was a pile of crap because... This was one of the things I was going to talk about. So we'll get into that just now since, since Donny G is on our TV as I speak. So it's a State of the Union call. There was 230 people on the call. Mm-hmm. So well. obviously you're not going to get to everyone. The chances of him coming to like AFTN to ask a question diminished when there's 230 people on <laughs> the call. Previous years, though, I have been picked to, to ask a question because the Canadian content is very small. So it's like I'm one of the token Canadian guys they get to ask. But this year, it was just Neil Davidson from Canadian Press, as Canadian media, that got to ask a question. But it's called State of the League. And you've got a lot of journalists from local newspapers on. And they're asking specific team and city questions. What's happening with the stadium in New England? What's happening with this thing to do with a certain team? Uh, that To me, that's not what, it, what it's for. You do that on a localised call. Where was the questions about what's happening with the schedule next year? Are you going to be releasing a full schedule? Are you going to do it in stages? Is there maybe going to be a chance to have another summer tournament? The Canadian teams, could they have a bubble maybe where they can host some games initially and other teams come to them? Will they start off with all this Canadian stuff? What happens in different stages if there's a vaccine, if there's not there were so many questions that went unanswered that, to me, were so, so important. Mm-hmm. And it was just really frustrating. Um, you very rarely get the chance to put questions to Garber. I just saw it as a complete wasted opportunity,
2: mm-hmm. ran over. <laughs> I think Christian Jack had some sort of conversation with him after.
1: He'll probably get to sit down with him as, like, TSN as, as the national broadcaster, Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I was just frustrated by it because there is so much unknowns in, in, into next season. But we'll, we'll come to that. Yeah. Let's, that's, yeah, and I've started a couple of topics that I haven't got very far with. So I'm going to go back to Could, Austin.
5: Is, oh, you oh, going to say can, something,
4: can, Steve? Yeah, I got a uh, thing from Greg Petrie. He, he said uh, he's asking about from something he said earlier. Did Schuster say that DP would be a 10 or an 8 or a 10 that, who can play an 8? Uh, because they really need to stop getting guys who are good at two positions, and concentrate on getting guys who are great at one. Yeah, he he I said totally
1: an, an eight t- eight stroke ten, so I think it's a guy that could play either position.
4: But I I, I hope it's somebody that can is is a ten who can play in a position in, if they need to, instead of a guy that is an eight who can be slid up to a ten if the, if that's the requirement. I would rather have somebody who's. Primary role is the
1: 10. That's the thing. Like, Pedro Morales was our last proper number 10. Before him, there wasn't anyone. After him, there's not been anyone. To have one proper 10. Now, Bustos could have done it, but he was way too young and inexperienced bringing the Pacific FC Marco Bustos into it now. If Marco Bustos was the player he was now back when Pedro left... I think he could maybe have taken that mantle on, but now you need a way more experienced guy. You need a guy right. that's done it at the top level, but why, why have we never had a number
2: 10? Because it's they're expensive him. and hard to get and everybody wants one.
4: Yeah.
1: But so are top strikers and we right. splashed out to get Cavallini, but there's no point spending money on Cavallini. If you've got no one giving him service. Right.
5: Right. Right. True. right.
1: That's the thing. So, yeah, going back to Austin then. So the expansion draft is coming up on Tuesday. So I read out what Glass City's idea of, of the protected players were. So just to go through that again, because that seems like an age ago now. It was Kava, Tiber, Adnan, Godoy, Ranko, Bikel, Obuso, Dahomey, Kripo, Guti, Nervinski, Cornelius. Exempt are Raposo, Bear, Baldy, Hassal, Pasillo, Metcalf, Bomer, Colline and Fashioneri. So who Glass City was going to expose was Evan Bush. Andy Rose to Saint Ricketts, Jasa Kamiri, Brian Meredith, Malinkovich, and Montero. Now, I would be more inclined to expose Cornelius. It's to maybe. Poop. Well, I, I'd maybe want to bring Montero in mm, because I, I... you've got more chance of maybe trading his rights. Or, I
4: uh-huh. think I think that the. You whoever like I think because he's not under contract there's a better chance of somebody plucking up Cornelius and I know that there's the Canadian thing but um, if he's available they can easily talk to uh, like a TFC or Montreal and uh, uh, get pick him up and then trade him off there um, so if somebody likes him as a Canadian just because it's Austin as an American team doesn't mean that a Canadian team can't be interested in him and, and try to get Austin to pick and offer something for him. And that's well, where I,
2: mean, I find Camiri is interesting as
4: well. Yes. Because yeah. maybe
2: there was a choice there between Camiri and Cornelius. At least, you know, this isn't the official list. Yeah. yeah. But but I we mean it's, it's interesting. It's, pre- it's, pretty it's pretty close. as to
1: what I would have picked yeah. as well. And I think there's not a lot of wiggle room in this list what as the to hell who happened you're going to that I think that was just frustration. <laughs> what the heck happened there? It's like eight they... seconds in, and
4: you're frustrated already. That is, it, was is it. Is it? Is it like? Are they playing rugby rules where they just <laughs> <play> <laughs> like, they're kicking for people. touch? Yeah, exactly. Um So oh. um the, the thing about Kamiri is, I think you're safe exposing him because yeah. nobody's really seen him play. No. Well,
2: it was underwhelming in some of the games he played as well. He had a yeah. game or two where he was good, but he had some games where he really wasn't very good. But- I think. I think you're I only also, concerned
4: if you're uh, you only pick him if you know you're playing Zlatan and Mihajlovic a few times because he had yeah. I think that's the only game he had good. Since How many appearances
3: does he have
1: in his like as a white cap?
3: Is Very, it? F- I can have probably single two single
4: digits
1: because he, he, he made one in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think he probably made three or four. And what does he have now? Because I don't remember really what what happened. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Well, he he got injured again. So that's the other thing. He's so injury prone that it's like at some point you just have to cut your losses with a guy and just be like, okay, it didn't work out. Another guy that hasn't worked out. Okay. I
4: can't look it up. I don't know. It's it's the
1: frustrating thing. Um, Hmm. Yeah. I don't know.
2: But Kamiri was another one that I felt MDS. You never know how much of this is true, but he, he seemed to be really high on him. Oh, very, yeah, yeah. they He's were so pushing him highly. for sure. Yeah.
1: He he is, and it's like I was as well. The first season he was here, when I watched him train, when he mm. got back from injury at training, he was like, you, you say see, you want to train how you play, right? Oh, ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. That, that was, was nearly an own goal there.
4: Yeah. Did they make any changes at halftime? I didn't even notice. Uh, yeah, I that see. I
1: don't know because I've got the sign down, obviously. But let me have a quick check. Did
4: Columbus realize they weren't shooting on the same
2: goal in the second half? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a close one.
2: Listen, oh. uh,
1: oh, there's two subs at halftime. Svensson has come on for Jones, and Brad Smith has come well, on for Tolo. Do yeah.
4: so they keep rolled on back on?
5: Hmm.
1: But then, who knows? They might maybe move, or they could play Smith, I guess, in the midfield, or they might move Rodan back into more of a midfield role as well.
2: Mm, interesting to see.
1: But yeah, like obviously that list is just like Glass City guessing, but I don't think it's far off it. But Montero is a free agent, so they might just want to expose him anyway. I I was on the call, as I said, with Josh Wolfe and Claudia Arena, and oh, wow, Seattle's really going for it to start K- off this K- half as K- Mary-
4: the. Kamiri six games with Vancouver.
1: Yeah, that would wow. one one in twenty eighteen and
4: three in MLS Cup and three in regular MLS. Mm. Oh, MLS is back. Sorry, yeah. That was what I would say. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So I mean, oh, definitely haven't seen him at all. Two but cards in three six games. I asked Reina, Claudio, not not Jordy, <laughs> as to... Um, if they'd had a lot of contact with clubs, because obviously in these expansion drafts, clubs are always like, well, is there a player you'd maybe like of ours? Because we'd like this guy if you can maybe take him. And they basically said, yeah, there's, there's been chats, but fundamentally what they're wanting from this draft is they want five players at the end of it. So they don't want just like Gam and Tam, but they right. want five players that can be starters. I could easily see a bush in there. Yeah. mix if they're look like for a goalkeeper, for me yeah. that that's the one that makes big, big sense. You've got an experienced guy. I know his salaries may be a bit hefty for them. That is the only yeah. thing, right? But I mean, you'd be getting a guy that, but when he came in at the end of the season with us, I thought he did really well. Oh, I yeah. liked him in Montreal. He's right. been a union rep, so he knows his way around the league. Um, he's a great. Oh, that's a forearm smash from Smith. But it seemed to hit him in the face, but he goes down clutching his nuts, so that's a bit of an interesting one. I'm gonna put that back. The advantage of oh, having oh. that. Was that an elbow? I'm just watching this again. Oh, Caleb uh,
2: Porter's pretty mad.
1: I mean it, it was a wild <laughs> tackle from Diaz. Oh yeah, he does catch him straight in the face. And the oh, and the knee, actually. Oh, yeah. That's at least uh, a yellow. That's yeah, you got a yellow, yeah. That was just stupid. That was just again, that's just frustration. I think we're going to see a bit more of that out of this, the sound of players and <laughs> in this half. But Seattle started this half strong, they're really, really going for it. But you're going back to Bush, he, he makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. Depends yeah. what other experienced goalkeepers are out there, though, because they could also pick up Meredith from a fraction of the price. And he's mm-hmm. been in the league for a while, just maybe not a starter. How much was Bush on? 300? It something was 300-something. Like so, I mean, who knows? Yeah, that's now so what, it's yeah. pretty hefty. Yeah, that, yeah, that is. Yeah. You'd, you'd want him in as your starter. So unless they've got a starting keeper lined up, right. I mean, they might want to look at him as a starter. I don't know. That was the main reason I wanted to go on the call because I, I was just curious as to what the tactics might be just for this. For anyone actually listening to the podcast, I'll play a little bit of audio now just from the, the call with Austin FC head coach Josh Wilsh, Wilsh, Wolf even oh um and also from their sporting director Claudia arena so here, here's what they had to say
7: yeah i mean i think i think we're looking for a variety of players obviously the expansion draft will will provide um you know some some players within the league that that obviously will be more familiar with and and have varying degrees of experience and, and i think that's you know, with our staff now here, I think it, it, it lends the idea with with Davy and Nolan, Preston and, and Rodrigo here, uh, that we're all in the same room. We're having discussions. Um, there's more insight into players, but we're, we're looking for you know we're, we're looking for a number of players in different positions. And um, you know, again, you're looking for starters, reserves, and, and players that you feel you can develop and, and get players that have value. So, um, but the primary thing is that they have quality and they, they have recognizable qualities to, to our game model, and then. And then there's the human aspect uh, of the person and and their growth mindset, uh, the character, the quality inside the locker room that they've shown, and and that's getting a little bit of background information on players. So it's good that everyone's here, and and that's kind of what our driver is at the end of the day, the the quality in the player, the type of person, and and are they up for for what we're going to try to do here in Austin?
8: You just mentioned some of the the things you'll be looking for in players. Can you go into a little bit more detail as to – uh, as to what degree of players' current salary and contract situation will factor into your decisions as to who you would choose in the expansion draft? Yeah, um, well, it, it it factors into every decision um, we make, uh, whether it's the expansion draft or players from other mechanisms or outside the league. So, you know, we certainly, um, you know, start working back from, from our roster rules and salary cap. Um, you know, I think soccer first quality of the player uh is very important and as far as the expansion draft goes you know we, we'll have a list of players and you know their their contract situations as well and it, it will factor in for sure um you know but i think we will be focused on on mostly trying to add you know uh, players that fit into how we want to play and the quality we play uh the quality of players as well um yeah, really. Not only not only with the expansion draft, but you know, every player we bring, it's, it's it's something that we have to factor in.
1: Claudio, I'm just wondering. This is obviously a daunting process. You have to evaluate pretty much you know players on every team across the league. What's the biggest challenge when it comes to that evaluation process?
8: Certainly, it's 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 a challenge. But I think we've been preparing and 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 doing a lot of uh, homework on what we expect. Uh, other teams list will be Um, we feel of course there'll be a few surprises in there but um, you know we've been we've been working on this now for months it's been uh, you know uh, a mechanism that we've been preparing for you know we'll get the list and and we'll go from there Monday will be really busy in terms of you know seeing the players available um, even watching more video having conversations as a staff and how they could fit in you know, we have to take in everything from their age to their contract situation. But we've, we've put in a lot of work, a lot of preparation leading up to the expansion draft. We feel good. Uh, certainly as, as the only team in the expansion draft, we kind of have a, a better sense, obviously, of being able to control the picks. Uh, unlike coming in with another team like last year, Matt, it, it really changes the dynamic of the draft. So, um, you know, we got a, a great staff um, of coaches that also have a lot of experience having seen or coached some of the players uh, from whether they were young or just throughout the league and you know, there'll be a lot of conversations on, on Monday about the decision and direction we go with our picks and so um, you know yeah we feel good it's, it's, I would say we're more anxious than anything I think we feel quite calm about the process and, and really looking forward to it
1: These drafts are often used to can of negotiate with teams to, to pick players and then give them back to to the teams themselves in lieu of another player. Have you had discussions with other teams around the league for this to be the case?
8: Well we've had a lot of conversations with teams, uh and I think for us, uh really our, our, our focus has been in adding players and we're going into this with the idea of adding five players and and obviously as as you know the expansion list is, is, uh, is delivered to everybody. We'll be busy and taking calls, uh, I'm sure, on Monday and into Tuesday. But the priority has really been from our end uh, is about adding players. You know, we need to build a, a squad, and, you know, we're we're uh, focused on that first. And then, of course, as, as the couple of days play out, I'm sure we'll have conversations with team. But um, for now, no, really it's been about – adding bodies and adding
1: adding players to Austin awesome FC. Second question, more just a, a general question, just about your recruitment process in general. How difficult has it been for you? I've spoken to a, a few different coaches and sporting directors around the league. Just with everything that's happened with COVID, how difficult has this recruitment process been for you in terms of not being able to go and, and look at players in and, and person? having to rely on word of mouth and maybe scouting online?
8: Yeah, it's, it's you know, we've had to adjust and, and obviously um, not being able to go watch players in person is, is different and not what we thought our 2020 was going to be. But, you know, I think like every other team, we're going through the same situation and uh, you've had to, you know, um, you know rely on, on video scouting and watching games, uh, you know, through computers and the different platforms that everybody has nowadays. So, um, you know, we, we still have local contacts and people that, you know, are, are closer to wherever those players come from to get information. But likewise, obviously, even in those domestic countries, in most cases, the, there's been no fans allowed. So, yeah, you miss, you miss being able to see a player, you know um outside of the 90 minutes and up close in a in a in a live setting but it's it's something everybody's dealing with so we've we've been able to adjust and uh you know certainly players have in some cases have taken time to, to get into form because they've missed so many months of competing and you know so we have to also have to look at footage you know going back to many months where typically you like to look at the most recent footage of players but at least, you know, the last uh, the last uh, many months, most leagues and all leagues are up and running, so we're able to see players in their most recent form. Um, you know, but as far as recruiting players to MLS, I think that's not an issue. It, you know, the uh, the league's profile only continues to grow, and you know, I think uh, the fact that the league, uh, you know, made such a great effort in in getting this season up and running. Has shown that you know it's it's a it's a league that continues to grow and thrive. So you know, being able to sort of I guess convince or recruit players here hasn't been an issue in one bit. But of course, being able to do the traditional live scouting has been something that we we've not been able to been able to do like everybody else.
0: What kind of like profile player are you kind of looking for in this in the you know expansion draft maybe mls veteran or a player with some international experience or maybe unproven younger player is there a certain kind of uh profile of player that might be available that you're focused on uh,
7: again i think we're pretty open i mean part of this exercise is is seeing what's available in the draft and we've we've, we've drawn out a lot of models and put together our boards of, of who we think is going to be available there and um you know there's 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 been good players taken in, in the expansion draft and we're, and we're quite aware of that and i think for us, just again having some specifics about um, positionally what we're looking for in these players, and, and and that just goes position by position for us. And and obviously there's varying levels of that if they're a young player that maybe hasn't had the experience, or if they're an older player that has experience, as you mentioned, is an international or 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 even not an international, but um, hopefully they have a body of work that 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 we've seen. Uh, Davey and I spent a great deal of time watching um, players over the summer. Uh, you know, we had a, a large number of players, and, and we looked at those guys and reviewed them uh, a, a good bit. And, and then you look at players that are on the fringe of, w- of what these lists are, these models that we've built out, so that we can have a better understanding of, of what those players look like. And then it's it's just making decisions based on what's, what's available in the draft. And, um, you know, we'll always utilize kind of the player attributes that are, that are near and dear to us and, and, and what we view as our game model. And, and we'll make decisions based on that.
1: But Austin is an, an interesting proposition for me. I don't think we needed another Texas team. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a good chance.
4: Oh, Boy, there could absolutely be terrible
1: out. camera work. But that was mm. a chance there from Seattle from Christian Rodan. So I just
4: want to give a message out. I think John Flynn is watching us. uh, um, That sounds eerie. (laughs) No, he's on YouTube. John O'Flynn, he's watching us on YouTube. He doesn't have TSN, so I've updated my um, name instead of my name. You'll see the score up there if he wants to Oh. Let's get updated.
1: Interesting. Yeah, let's just see what other things in the chat here before we move on. So Brendan Damien says, I would love to keep Cornelius... But if he doesn't get minutes, I'd rather see him go where he can play for the sake of the Canadian men's national team. Totally agree. Yeah. I was surprised that they haven't kind of come to an agreement. They still might to, to put him out on loan somewhere, but he needs to play. A guy his age that's pushing to be in the mix of the national team, you can't be on the bench. You've got to yeah. you've got to be playing. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Jonathan Flynn says Seattle uh, is known to be a comeback team. Any sense is that is possible? Didn't feel like it at time, but they've certainly come out all guns blazing in, in in this half. But they still haven't really forced saves. They've, they've been close, but the, until they start forcing saves, I don't know. Get a goal back though, and I think it's a whole different ball game. I would then fancy Seattle to tie it up. Don't know how you
4: guys feel about that.
3: Oh, yeah. Next goal is going to be the yeah. like next goal is going
4: to change the game. That's why the two nothing lead is the most dangerous lead. Because if they, yeah, Columbus, if uh, Seattle scores, Columbus is going to be on their back foot at this point.
1: Uh, MNF McCauley says Flanders have come out on their front foot. Certainly have. Dennis Molag says, What minute are you on? So right now, I'm about to hit fifty-two forty-five. Mark. Yeah, I'm I'm about
4: 20 seconds behind you guys. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know Columbus had a Morris on their team. No Um, relation,
2: right? No. No.
1: Zach is posting in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) His secret Santa is obviously going well. Um, He shares that perspective on Derek Cornelius as well that basically he should be getting minutes. How old is Derek now? Is he 22? 22, 23.
4: He's just about I mean, a
1: guy that age, you yeah, really want have him. to be. I
4: believe he is 23, because last time I checked my roster, he was 23.
1: How old do you on, believe on, Ali Adnan on, is?
4: On FIFA 21. <laughs> um, uh, Ali's 27 in the game. Okay, just i to throw that one out there.
1: Um, but, yeah, so let's get – we talked to Austin there. So let's get talking about Sacramento, because we've got Navid mm-hmm. on. If anyone's just joined us, Navid is down in Sacramento now. Spent time working with the White Cats, played for the White Caps in the past as well. What's the buzz like down um, there for the team?
3: Let me tell you this Sacramento is a soccer city, I gotta tell you guys. Mm. Um, even in the USL days, I mean, I mean, still, but like when I moved here and I went to a couple USL games, kind of reminded me like back to old Swangard Stadium, like they had a big crowd already for USL level. Yeah. And there is a big soccer culture, like a lot of Latinos getting into the stadium, like I think it's going to be an interesting one here. But, I mean, from the talks oh. I had with what happened. No, Reed, ESC is just going to be sit <laughs> there. Um, I don't think they're going to be like an LAFC. Or I could see them more of being like a Nashville. Like, they're not going to be a big spending team, I think.
4: Do you think San Jose maybe? They'll be like similar to San Jose because they're yeah. so close to yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's going to be a good yeah, derby, I think. yeah. That-
1: I mean, that's, from a Derby point of view, that's yeah. absolutely fantastic. That's great. It's from Northern
3: California. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean,
1: how is it going to work with protection rights and stuff as well? Because surely they're, they're going for a lot of the same players, but they're also going for a lot of the same fan base, you'd imagine. Exactly. As well. like yeah, if someone's yeah, halfway yeah. between the two. Because I've I've driven we, – we spent a couple of days a few years ago at Lake Tahoe. Right. So then we were driving from there down to – to Pacific Grove, just south of Monterey. Right. So we went through Sacramento, and I couldn't believe just really how close it is to San Jose. Then to get another team there, it just seems a little bit
3: strange. I think they
1: totally, de- de- like, they really de- deserve it,
3: though. Like, they have a oh, they big do. history. Yeah. They've been in the mix for I don't know how many years now, like, to get into the MLS.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. they should have been in before now. And right. I- Austin basically stole some places. So right. that, that kind of pushed him ahead. When are they coming in now? Is it twenty twenty three. 23. They actually moved it a year back now because yeah. of COVID and everything. So, I've gone into their, their website. That rendering of the stadium. Looks nice. Huh? It, that looks amazing.
3: Yeah, it looks nice. I'm actually very
2: excited to see
3: what's going to Hey, Michael,
2: it. I have a, a quick question. I'm, I'm barely remembering this. What was the whole deal with columbus versus austin and who's actually an expansion club because wasn't there some mm-hmm. dancing around there of of who was actually the expansion club that they were still moving the club to austin and so columbus was technically the expansion club no or something?
1: no that I think that that was just something that was going to put out there that was never like columbus it was never a case that it was moving lock, stock, and barrel, and this was going to be the new one. So Austin is the expansion team. Mm. They've got Precourt as the owner, along with the likes of Matthew McConaughey, which immediately gives him star power. And there's a show I watch in the UK regularly. It's on a Friday. It's a live topical show. It's called The Last Leg. And they actually had Matthew McConaughey on it, talking about his new book that he's got out, basically his autobiography, I think it is. And he was plugging Austin during that that show, so he's a great person to have as, you, as your cheerleader. But Austin is the the expansion team, hence them having the the draft on Tuesday. But I I I don't like how they got the team mm-hmm. ahead of others that I do feel like Sacramento were more deserving. But I am excited to see what they do. And it's a city I've always wanted to visit as a big music fan, South by Southwest just really excites me. And I just, I I think they've got a fan base to build on from the Aztecs days. And I mean, they've been shafted a couple of times, the the Aztecs in the past. And now you've got this team shafting them again as they were trying to get, get back going. But there's a fan base there. And I've liked what they've done marketing wise. I like their crest. I like their colors, their strip design, everything that goes with that. I think they brought in the right uh, people too. Like Claudio Reyna is a a name. Yeah. He's a good one to bring in. Josh Wolf, though, as the head coach. Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask. Yeah. I
3: was going to ask who the coach is because I've not. Was Josh Wolf? Yeah. yeah.
1: Before I went on the call, I actually had to look up to see what what he'd done. He's been an assistant with the American men's national team. Uh-huh. And he's played in MLS up to about eight years ago, but okay. he's never managed at a high level, and I think that's a little bit of a surprise. I've got to say.
4: For me, it's I. I don't have an issue with who they bring in as the first coach because you know the first coach is never going to last, especially <laughs> nowadays. So why not just bring somebody who's young, maybe can grow with the team and everything like that? And then but he, eventually... he's got
1: MLS experience.
4: Like he, yeah. he he's played. So he, it. Yeah, He's been he an assistant in, at DC
1: and he was an exactly. assistant actually at, at Columbus as well.
4: So, so the thing is I would, I would, for an expansion team, I because you're going to always get the initial excitement anyways, there's no point of bringing in a big name coach initially. Uh, you you could let the team grow, uh, you know, organically and everything like that. And Austin's going to love that, you know, growing organically because they're kind of that kind of city. Uh, but, uh, but, but, then you bring in that big head coach for that second mm-hmm. one, because or if Josh Wolf exceeds your expectations, then you have a great coach that you agree with. I mean, I right. guess I was going to say
1: you could kind of look at it the way that that Cincinnati did it, but they went through a couple before they got yeah. the big name coach. That's that that what I'm stand, saying. Like, but maybe Cincinnati's not a great example of an MLS club to, club to hold up for things. But that was a great chance there for Columbus to. Yeah, to, to a three 0 lead. I don't know what's up with the camera work. I am not liking this camera work from corners at all. Well,
4: oh, this is Fox, man. This is American. Like mm. they don't, they they overproduce everything. <laughs>
1: so we've got two subs now coming on. Paulo is going off, and guy that I wanted here for a number of years, Will Bruin is coming on. Same. He's, I he's love him. Oh, he's be. your typical MLS striker that gets goals. Exactly. Exactly. Like, he, he's not a sexy guy. No. He's not a big name player. He knows how to score in this league,
2: like that I, goal against Minnesota. That was a scrappy yeah. goal.
1: I
4: remember. Clutch. I remember if I'm mis- not mistaken, when I first did my those blogs that uh, uh, I initially did when I first started, um, I think I did a mock draft for their Whitecaps first ever draft. I had them. I wanted them to pick Perry Kitchen for their first pick, mm-hmm. and I was I wanted them to take Will Bruin for the second pick. Uh, that was what I was looking for that would have been good picks yeah i know oh uh, well looking back on it yeah great. yeah because uh, I, oh, yeah. I i i thought i honestly thought that uh um who was it ormo salgado i thought he was yeah. I, I didn't like the look of him and everything <laughs> there's something about him that I wasn't a big fan of yeah that
1: that for, oh here's another chance for columbus oh whizzing past the back post I mean, Seattle's it, it, having to go for it now, and they're just leaving gaps at the back that Columbus looks set to exploit any minute. Really,
4: it, where is Darlington Nagbe nowadays? He's he was, injured for
1: this one. He's, at he's Columbus. Injured, Oh, yeah. he's with Columbus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
4: right. That's right. I remember. I couldn't. I forgot. I, I thought.
1: I thought it was a. I thought it was a, a spoof yeah. tweet initially, saying that. Oh, he's going to be out. I, there was another one of their big guys that was out as well, and I was like, yeah, he's not out, but no, he. he was on the injured, not available list, which, considering you've got a guy like that missing, and then you're you're playing like that as well. But that's a like Diaz either has to get that on target, or or Jizzy yeah. just has to like dive in with that foot and just try and get something on it. It's those it's those kind of misses and games that like Seattle going you. up the yeah, Seattle yeah. going up the pitch there with a chance. Oh, someone's limping there for Seattle, and they've made four subs already. Oh, it's Roldan. Don't know if they took a knock from this or if it's something that he's he's carrying already. Christian, oh, he seemed oh. to pull something, taking that shot there. That would be a big loss for Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, it could be Abductor, maybe? Let's see. Definitely holding his side. How many subs do they
4: have? Five in this? Five, module? so
1: they've made four already now.
4: Uh, but for uh, but over they're two they're like
1: three three windows, so yeah. it's like they've got one more sub they can bring on. Well who was the other one actually that came on? Uh I know Roldan. Alex Roldan off. went off and Kel- yeah. Kelvin Leardam came on.
4: Maybe they'll be the first brothers to uh, be subbed off again.
1: <laughs> Making history all round. Uh all right, interesting stuff. Let's have a look see if there's any more stuff in the chat. I'm getting getting the, the swing of getting through all this now. Let's see who else we've got here. Oh, John O'Flynn's possibly watching the game now. He's found out on Fox TV on TELUS. I was going to say to him, because it's on Fox, I think it's going to be on the main TELUS channel uh, as well. Right. What's there if there's any Canadians on the field at the moment? No, as nope. far as I know, I don't think there is. Uh, protege five says F one track in Austin too. I didn't know that they've got a formula one track there. Hmm. You know The
2: thing I always think of about Austin and football, other than them going to Orlando is, uh, when they are in the USL, it's perhaps the worst stadium that I've ever seen. That it was like a college or a high school, um, field that they were playing off. And there was like four sets of lines that were all different colors so, like field hockey, and like it was the word, it was so distracting. I couldn't imagine if that was easy or not to play on. But just as a, a supporter and a, someone watching it, it was like I couldn't follow where, where it was out and where it wasn't or where the boxes were.
1: <laughs> I haven't had a chance actually. I don't know what the renderings like for Austin Stadium. I haven't looked into that. I, I need to do that. Matty Finney says, hi. He's in Canada. He's a a Barcelona fan. Thank you for joining us, Matty. Great to have you on board. Jonathan Flynn says, Steve, any Canadians on the bench? I don't think there is. I don't
4: think there is. I don't think either one of these teams have anybody.
1: No, the the Canadians didn't make it through. We could have had Dane St. Clair from Minnesota in goal playing against Tajon Buchanan for New England Revolution if, this, if the finals and the conferences had gone different ways. Yeah. I mean, it's been a great season for Tijon Buchanan, showing that you can be a... Oh, another dangerous ball into the box from Columbus there. Showing you can be a, a Canadian playing in MLS and you don't have to be with a Canadian team. Mark-Anthony Kay, another great example of that. The rumors still float about. I don't know if it's just wishful thinking or if it's genuine. Like this has any legs, that Mark Anthony Kay could be a guy that the Whitecaps bring in here. It's going to cost some
2: kind of. I don't see that happening. I, I, I mean, break I love the bank it to, to happen. bring
4: him here. I would mean, yeah. like seriously, so you'd make like, him, break him a DP. You bring him, here. Bring him, bring him fall- a DP then full dp he
1: i don't i don't DP? know that he, i don't know that we would need to but it's what we'd have to give up to oh give up the hour, breaking okay. the bank it's what we would have right, to right. give up to lafc mm-hmm. right
4: i oh, bought because, him i bought mark anthony gear for fifa 21 oh i thought you <laughs>
1: meant for the white cats i thought this no, was no. Was a little yeah, Christmas for the white present
3: you're announcing
4: just no, no, opened no, up your wallet and <laughs> yeah he wouldn't and be I'll, a
3: dp though right That's no sense. no
4: definitely he'd he'd be a tam player if they're still tam players because they
1: yeah they yeah. haven't released what the, the salaries are for 2020. Let's see what Mark anthony Key was on. He got a pay rise, so this isn't a, a great...
2: But this is a classic example of, of course, you know, we'd like to have them. But it's not like going into a shop and buying right. a Coke. It's right. like the Coke has to agree to come as well. <laughs> and the store has yes. to agree to sell the Coke. Well, um, <laughs> he would be a great fit,
1: though. I mean, he knows MDS, too. He he's, he's very he speaks right. very highly of MDS. Oh, oh that Ah, nice. should have been better from Columbus there.
4: Um the aye, thing aye, is aye. the thing is with the Galaxy is that they uh, clearly I I don't know if they all still understand it, but they clearly gotta understand that they need to spend some money on their back line. And um and Mark Ant- they can't have they don't need that many players in the midfield. Uh but, they have they spend a lot on the midfield right now, and so they need to Rehash the backline. I think if they had Walker Zimmerman, I think they'd be in the finals possibly this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anthony Kay at the end of twenty nineteen, his base salary was one hundred sixty six guaranteed compensation, one hundred seventy seven. But he did sign a new deal, so yeah. I don't know what he's on for twenty. My guess would
4: be he jumped up to maybe two fifty to three hundred. Yeah, my guess.
1: He's captained them and stuff like that. Right. But, I mean, right. Right. you've got to remember though, well. The players don't have a lot of say Mm
6: -hmm. in a
1: number of clubs as to where they go. Now, when Evan Bush came here, Mm -hmm. what he said was Montreal sat him down and said, look, Vancouver want to bring you here. You've been with us for, what, nine, ten years? We've Mm -hmm. You're loyal to us. We want to give you the chance to say, do you want to go? Mm -hmm. And he said, that's how all clubs should operate in MLS. And I, I feel they should. Because if you treat the players with respect, then they're maybe going to go, well, I'd like to stay, but thank you for giving me that option and discussing things with me. Yeah, I will take this opportunity. Mm -hmm. But as we've seen with the Whitecaps over the years, and there's other teams as well, and guys that we've brought in, they just get moved on and here's a chance for Seattle just break off. It's like when Breck Shea came here Mm -hmm. and... He was talking at his on his first day at his scrum and he's asked, oh, when did you find out about the move? And it's like 10 minutes before you guys probably mm. did. And my wife found out when everyone started tweeting the news. He hadn't even got a chance to call yeah. his wife to tell her.
2: I like, guess That's, that's not the, how
1: you operate.
2: I guess that's also the difference a little bit with MLS than some other places in the oh, world yeah. um, where the MLS is much more of a single entity. Right. right. So uh, places like England or, or other places, the players do have more say, but still the the other club has to uh, agree. Like you can't just sort of fantasy book. So um, it, to use the wrestling reference, um, it's really <laughs> easy to say, well, we got the money, we could just buy this person, but it's also the other yes. club has to agree. So a good yeah. point, Michael, in, in this case, the the Coke doesn't have to agree to come. But, yeah. but the store has to agree to sell the Coke just to continue on with my metaphor for... Next yeah, that was of kind of why
1: I was meaning the Whitecaps need to try and break the bank. It needs to be one of these bumper deals. Mm. I think Key would maybe be interested in coming, especially if LAFC maybe try and strengthen the midfield this off season because they need to strengthen because they didn't have a, a, a good season that lives up to the standards that they want. So, so uh, he, he speaks so highly of MDS as well, that it might be
4: a good one. So a uh, former cap, uh, Laura Brenton mentioned this in the comments uh, down below. And I looked it up uh, on Instagram. There is a post of Kai Kamara's family getting uh, COVID tested. And in the comments, he makes a comment to somebody uh, where uh, somebody mentions, Oh, Oh, yo, is that the way they do it in the States? They don't want to stick that thing far up our noses here in Canada. And, um, he met, he replied back says we are moving back to Canada. Interesting, Kai Kamara. So, I don't, is it he? I, I, is he just moving, and making a permanent move here, or is he coming to play here? He never announced a retirement, right? No. no. Okay. I mean, you have to think
1: if he was coming to a Canadian club, where would he fit in? Could could Kamara and Cavallini
4: play or, together, or would he be a good backup for Altidore?
1: He, with the the kind of murmurs that some people were putting out about Kamara, when they were wanting him to leave, he's not going to come back to Vancouver. No, not, not for sure. Those murmurs went true either. If you speak to the players that that were involved. Oh really? Yeah, it's like he was good in the he, in the locker he did, room. It's he, like that everyone says, he wasn't good in the locker room and he was disruptive. Yeah. You speak to the players that were on that team, and they say, "No, that's not the case."
3: Oh,
4: Okay, I thought, you, 20... I thought you meant that the people making those—they uh, were saying those comments people were making about him being disruptive weren't true. No, Kai was excellent in the locker. Yeah. Well, um, the yeah. thing is, also Ooh, he did was make Seattle's that Seattle's chance. He did make that tweet as well before, where he said, uh, "When uh, before, like, was it Sporting Kansas City? He was mentioning how uh, there two former Whitecaps still alive in the playoffs or something with." being hericotado on himself mm. or something like that. So he, he did make a dig at the Whitecaps too. Ooh. So I definitely well, don't think he's coming here if he's coming. He come also
1: here. does like to do a bit of teasing on social media. Yeah. It, now, Thierry Henry has said numerous times on he his conference nine? calls right. that he needs an out-and-out out number nine. Yeah. There's your out-and-out out number nine. Yeah. But does he have enough in his tank to be a starter? Because Henri needs a guy no. that's going to start. Because he wasn't but, starting for Minnesota.
4: No, but if he if he wants to bring in a number nine, he's going to need a backup for that number nine, and why not do a Kai Kamara as that backup? Hmm. Maybe he's just got
1: some loose loose ends up here that he's just trying to tidy up, or he's coming up for holiday. Doesn't
4: doesn't he doesn't he speak French? I don't know what the uh, official language um... in Sierra Leone. I don't know. Yeah, I think that that might be
1: French. You know, I think you could be right. Or there's the option for CPL. (laughs)
4: <laughs> no. Oh, is he is he reuniting with Pa? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that would be a great uh, sideline. That would be a great sideline.
1: That, that would be um, what a signing for the CPL. That would be uh,
4: right. I would I would book uh ferry uh, tickets immediately to for the each of the games once the schedule came out. I I I wouldn't
1: <laughs> not until not until all this COVID stuff dies. Well,
4: then. obviously, then. Hopefully, it's done by then.
1: Yeah, Sierra Leone is a multilingual country. English is the de facto language, but there's a, a number of other languages that are spoken there.
4: Oh, okay. Probably Dutch, maybe.
1: I don't know. I didn't read any more. Okay. <laughs> oh, here's another chance for Seattle. Oh, like Seattle's getting closer and closer now, but you've got some last ditch defending. Mm-hmm. From Columbus, Columbus are starting to look a bit tired at the back. Actually, I hope this is not going to be another Minnesota thing. Zach sent us a message in our AFTN WhatsApp chat saying this better not n three two. <laughs> that this this is like if you're a crew fan, I think this is a bit worrying. Oh, another chance for the Sounders! You've got to get that on target. Ah, oh, Gustav fencing had a chance to come off the bench and make a name for himself again. Wow. He just rose above everyone there. I tell you, Columbus are looking shakier and shakier at the back now. And they, they look, they look dead in their feet. Actually, these subs that Seattle's brought on have really, really brought a spark to this. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Let's see what else we've got in the chat. Thank you everyone for watching. Get get a message into the chat to us. It's like, um, really want to hear from you. Protégé5 says, yes to K. It's probably fantasy booking, as, yeah. as well said there. What he could do for our midfield, though, would be fantastic. And, like, in all seriousness, no, I would be concerned about having way too many Canadians. That's a core of the Canadian national team. For international just, reasons? Right. Yeah, just yeah. for the way that MLS doesn't honour the international calendar. And right. with all these games, that's coming up thick and fast and four windows where they're going right. to be having three-game windows during these four windows. You'd be losing a hell of a lot of your team if we keep adding Canadian internationals. That's always been my concern. I remember asking, I think it was MDS actually, it might have been Robbo, but it was one of the two of them anyway. I was like, are you not concerned about all these players going away in international duty? And the answer was, oh, well, uh, we'll we'll deal with that when it comes to it. And yeah. like, mm, I'd be thinking about that now. I'm always thinking ahead. And I know a lot of the, the coaches, at least publicly when they speak, they don't want to think ahead. It's just one game at a time and, and
4: doing all that stuff. But you've got to think about stuff like that. I know, but it, you you can bring Canadians at different levels, where there are like two, maybe two or three that are national team level, and then you bring two or three that are maybe just on the cusp or something mm-hmm. below. So you gotta, you can still do it. It's just you just get, you're right. You can't bring everybody at that top level. A guy like Kate, though, is worth bringing in and, and losing for those couple of weeks if they need to. Um, he, yeah. He's a guy that can settle down the midfield. Like, even if you don't have a number 10, or, which I'm always thinking they probably won't get every, every offseason, <laughs> um, he can he can do those kind of things where he can be like that deep playing midfielder and be a defensive good. Like him and Baldissimo, I think would be an excellent combination. I agree. With uh, that would totally. be great. Behind, behind a guy that could be a number 10.
1: Right. This game is really good this is still going end to end yeah, crazily this is, it's like
4: this is way better than than seattle playing toronto last year
1: oh well, yeah it's just so nice that it's, it's a, at least one different team in the final it would be even nicer if it had been two but i mean what, what are you making then of these last 14 minutes the longer it goes on without <sighs> seattle scoring i mean columbus are, are home and dry but that's what on, i thought
4: against minnesota and i turned I, yeah i stopped paying attention <laughs> So I don't know, man. They are, like, attacking, though. But the thing is here is I, think, I don't feel Minnesota like Columbus...
1: had stopped attacking, though. That was yeah, the thing. They I were just I, soaking I, it up.
4: That's the difference here. I don't think Columbus has lost their legs or anything like that. I don't think they No,
2: Columbus is starting to push back in the last few yeah. minutes. Yeah,
4: I don't feel like they fear Seattle. I no. think Minnesota probably started fearing uh, uh, Seattle. So Neil's nails going off. She's
1: off. Jimmy Medranda coming on. It's a last sub for Seattle. More fresh legs as, as they go for this. Have Columbus actually made any subs?
4: I think they made one, but I'll I'll double-check that for you.
1: No, they haven't. They haven't? Uh. No. Wow. No wonder they're looking tired.
4: (laughs) They are pushing back, though. They're playing a lot in Seattle's zone. I mean,
1: they have been hit with, like, COVID issues. They were missing some of the games during the playoffs. I mean, there's going to be guys that are maybe not up to full match fitness. This is obviously the, the... the first choice starting 11 from who's available that Porter has and I guess you don't want to start disrupting things but at some point you he's still got three windows left that you can make these subs and it's going to split the game up and kind of kill the game off a little
4: bit, that's that's kind of what you I think he's needed to do. They do have decent players on the bench, players I actually recognize, like Hector Jimenez, um Emmanuel Botang. I think he's good uh, Christian Demeth, oh, yeah. if they want to play somebody up top, Fernando mm. Adi Former timber, Addy. So uh, they they got some players. Waylon Francis, I think I've heard of him before.
1: I, I know Zach will be listening to this later, but remember when Zach picked Addy to be the Golden Boot in 2019? <laughs> oh, was it the year he wasn't Cincinnati? Yeah. yeah. And then, did he not crash his car or Something yeah, weird yeah, something, thing happened yeah. and then? Yeah. And then he ended up going to play for a bit in USL, I think, and then he's come back in MLS. It's, uh, when you consider what he did at Portland and how his career trajectory, yeah, yeah. Gone, that's that's crazy stuff. really. Yeah. I had a whole list of topics we were going to talk about, like non MLS stuff, but we haven't really got to any of these. So we'll we'll save some of these for a for a future show. A, a lot of the the teams are going to be releasing. Like, who's protecting stuff for the expansion draft very, very soon? Sunday and Monday. Trade window opens in MLS on Sunday for half a day. Or is it Monday actually for half a day? No, I think it's tomorrow. Let's just 13th. have a 13th. It's the 12th today. Yeah. I'm a bit lost. I haven't been in at work for the last couple of weeks. So when I'm not in and work, I have no actual thing to kind of like guide me as to whatever the hell is going on. So, yeah, half-day trade window December 13th. Expansion draft on Tuesday. Waiver draft and free agency opens on the 16th. Then it's re-entry draft phase one on the 17th, and then re-entry phase two on the 22nd. There's been some interest in players whose options haven't been picked up. I I won't go into them just out. If anyone's been paying attention to that or if anyone's watching, is there anyone... Oh... Now, did that. Oh, that get, was. A, was that tipped away or was that off the bar?
4: No, no, that was tipped away. I could have sworn I saw his hand move forward.
1: No room for error. It's a great save there by, by the Columbus keeper. Morris again. Morris has definitely been Seattle's best player. Rui Diaz um, and Ladero have just. They've, they've not been in this game.
3: Yeah, not been clicking at all. Today they're not there.
1: That's, that's a big, yeah. big sur- surprise to me. I mean, everyone's talked about the threat of them all season long, but it's just been nothing there. But I mean, yeah. Was there any players that you've seen whose options weren't picked up? I don't know if you paid much attention to it. I saw uh, Kendall doing good. Get... Yeah. Right. I thought that was on the cards. Yeah. Stam arrived and I was on his introductory press conference. And I was like, you've got a, an international center back there. Right. Boston. What, what, what have you made of what you've seen from him? And as I sent about back yourself, do you feel uh, he can help bring his game on? And it was not a positive answer. <laughs> it was basically like, yeah, I, I've seen them play. There's, there's aspects of the game that he really needs to work on. And you're like, oh, that's not glowing for your first <laughs> report of Kendall. I, yeah. I don't think you're going to be here for, for too much longer. Maybe yeah, he's he- asked to get, get released as well. I don't know, but I thought the writing was Oof. on the wall for him. I didn't yeah. check to see...
4: Oh! oh, wait, wait.
1: Oh Sorry. game oh nice set goal. match they scored it's over yes. game
2: over
5: was
1: it Ray on again? Oh the the build up play yeah I need to see this back because the build up play was oh. amazing. But that, that, this is this Seattle is, leaving this room is at the back.
4: Part, this is the part I hate about these, these guys overproducing. I don't care about the pl- people in the stands. I don't care about the opposing <laughs> players. Just show the celebration of the goal. That's the most important thing. You can show fans, like when they show World Cup replays, that's when they show the fans in the replay, not in the live going on. I just don't get it.
1: Celeray on again, man of the match. And this was your number 10 against. The, was, yeah. It was <laughs> again. But he now. wears
4: number 10 too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, he's obviously been the big difference maker. For, for Columbus today, but Etienne I think it's oh, an yeah. outstanding game. game. I, I so, I always nice. said this earlier, so, so pleased for Columbus and their fans and just... It's a
2: great story coming back from the whole Save the Crew and everything.
1: Right. I, yeah, I mean, it's rare that you can really get a, a whole two countries, really, a whole continent united behind you. But the crew managed to get that... That done, even Cincinnati fans didn't want them to, to move and stuff. I mean, that was great to see. You've had obviously things like the Black Lives Matter, everyone's united uh, uh, about that. And it, it it takes special moments, and this is definitely a, a special moment. And now Porter's just gonna start Caleb making subs Porter. and just killing everything off. That's what you need to do. It's like in the in the East Fife game today against Peter Head, Peter Head went down to 10 men for the last 23 minutes they just rotationally kicked people to break the game up and give fouls away. That's what you need to do.
2: Sorry, Peter Head, isn't that, weren't they redundant when they named that team or (laughs) (laughs) sorry, Michael, I just had to steal that joke. I'm sure someone said it before, but. They're
1: mostly known for prison and fishing. Uh, Yeah. It's one one of the big prisons there. And in a damp, grey day with no fans <laughs> in the stadium, in a grey stadium, it looked like we were playing in the prison. And to be fair, he's five put in a criminal performance. So,
2: so. are you saying, Michael, when you think of Peterhead, think of prison and fishing?
5: <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, we, we,
1: we've had some fun up there with their name and various issues as well over, over the year. But keep that name in mind, because that could be something that comes up in the quiz that we do. Ooh, depends hello. if you get the luck of the draw and you get around where that's going to come into just letting you you all know that now <laughs> and it's not about Scottish football so don't worry, what the hell happened there I took my eye off the screen for a second there's two players writhing around in the deck and some guy looks to have done his shoulder worse than I have
5: Oof.
1: let's go back to that you have yeah. been terrible today Rudy, Oh, oh, yeah, they've both done their shoulders. E- oh. I'm, I'm relating to this. I'm feeling this pain, or I, w- I was just in pain to start yeah. with.
2: What happened to oh. Jason Smith?
1: How on earth did they both hurt their shoulders there?
2: They slid he- on the ground?
1: Oh, he's tugged his shoulder back, uh, and then he's...
2: Landed on his shoulder. Oh, yeah, Diaz.
1: jeez. They both landed really heavily on... on the Oh, yeah, he's... uh,
2: Don't read lips, kids.
1: (laughs) I'm feeling every bit of that. My my shoulder just got hurt with my dog pulling on her leash when I wasn't expecting it when she saw a squirrel. Oh. And when I went to the doctor, he's like, ah, yes, we see a lot of people with these injuries. It's like, yeah. (laughs) This is why you're good with your cats. They don't do stuff like this to you. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, uh, let's see if there's any more stuff in the chat. Thank you, everyone, for watching. I know a folk have uh, some folks mentioned me saying they're going to watch this later on. General Flynn saying, make some subs, Columbus. Yes. Dennis Molag tomorrow, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific. That is when this half-day draft opens up. I'm hoping that if the Whitecaps aren't active... The, the fans aren't going to start going up the wall. Like, what's happening? Why didn't they do anything? It's a long off-season. Now, Garber was asked when he was targeting the new season to start, and he's still targeting mid to late March. That seems a little crazy for me, just the way that things are going down in the States just now. I know we've got a vaccine, but there's been all this talk, of course, with the NHL, seeing if they can maybe try and buy it privately. I don't think sports teams and sports clubs should be getting the vaccine ahead of the general population, even if they yeah, do deals. Totally agree. Yeah. It's like, that's just ethically, that is not right. Not right yeah. We're all massive football fans, but there's things way, way more important than than that. You've got to get the vulnerable with this vaccine before sports teams gets it. Right. I mean, if we are oh, looking... Oof. See, I was come close so many times, yeah. but like, how many, I'm going to check, how many saves have Columbus had to make? Because it does not feel like he's even had one to make.
4: been a few here and there. Seattle, close. one
1: on target. One on target think, for the whole wow.
4: game. I think that's the one that you said, did it hit the bar or not?
1: Mm. Oh, it will be because he tipped it on. Yeah. Wow, if that's their only shot on target, that is shocking because that was about 70-odd minute mark. Oh, Fatal Lash is also there in Columbus. Uh. Yeah, Porter's, Porter's played this game to, to perfection. It's like, I have not been a big fan of, of Caleb Porter, the person, over the years. He's kind of mm. hard to warm up to, I feel. It's just his persona. You can't <laughs> knock what he's done as a manager, though.
4: He's great when he wins.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Schmetzer, I'm pretty sure, is going to be magnanimous in defeat as well because Seattle's just not been at the races today. Yeah. Hey, there's a Canadian connection for Columbus. Pat Onstip. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, 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 I thought that was good before. Oh, I'd like Zardes to to pop one away here. I think he kind of deserves a goal as well.
2: Agreed, yeah.
1: Just... He, he's been one of those guys, like, years ago, I'd said, oh, would you be interested in in maybe oh. picking him up from the Galaxy and bringing him here? And folks like, no, no, no. He's another serviceable MLS player. You, you're yeah. like Kamara, you're Zardes, you're well-brewing. These right. are players. That, yeah, they're not exciting. They're not going to sell jerseys. They're not going to put bums on the seat. But these are the guys that can get the job done in this league.
2: So going back to your question, Michael, was there anyone that was uh, left or uh, contracts weren't picked up or were out of contract the, that you the, were interested in?
1: There was a, a couple of interesting ones from the LA teams. And off the top of my head, I can't think. Like Bradley Wright Phillips yes. oh really? has not been oh. picked up now. If, if you're, if you're going to bring an old veteran back and you're mm. talking like Kamara or something like that and you want to bring them into your team, I would, I would bring Bradley Wright Phillips in. I know he'd maybe be coming off the bench. To so Saint Ricketts didn't have the season that I was hoping he was going to have. I know there's been injuries there, but you've got Cava starting, and you bring BWP off the bench with Montero gone. To me, that that would be good. His salary may be prohibitive, of course, as well. I think he's going to be a free agent though, so some team's going to snap him up.
3: Matt Beasler yeah. was also out of contract. Yes, yeah, Bies That's lunch. interesting. Yeah. That's
2: another one. I, I mean, I, I think I saw Glass City talk about this, but Greg Garza was somebody that I know that we had, oh. we gotten pretty close to a year or yeah. two ago. Yeah.
1: Now the rumors were that he was going to come here, and then because it leaked out, uh, who was he with? I was with Atlanta. Atlanta mm. pulled out the deal because it had leaked.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: That was the rumors that
1: I was told. Mm-hmm. Was well, the Glass City that
4: leaked it? I think he might
1: have actually, but it's if that is the case, Garza coming here instead of Ali Adnan, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd rather had Garza. I'm surprised he's a free agent though, because it
2: hasn't quite worked out for him. No, see, and he's getting a little older. Was he 34, mm-hmm. 33, something like that? I mean, I, I mean, I, I talked
1: about this in the last show with Zach, so I'll get your guys' thoughts on it as well, since we're kind of nearing the end here, do you have concerns about how young the Whitecaps are? Now, I asked Axel about that. And he's like, it's not necessarily age. It's how you perform. Mm-hmm. But
5: mm-hmm. we've got
1: 14 players under the age of 23. I know some of them probably going to get loaned out. We've got mm-hmm. three young DPs that we're bringing in. Mm-hmm. I feel we need some older heads in there, some veteran experience in the key roles, leading the yes. locker room. I'd yeah. like a more veteran presence in the back line as well. Ranko and Godoy's maybe a great partnership in the making. I'd like you can a veteran centre-back in, in there somehow.
2: I, I also agree with you, Michael. I think what you're saying is uh, I think veteran leadership is really important. I also think it's experience within the league. Um, yes. And so, I mean, they've brought in some veterans um, like Pedro and stuff. Um, but they did also lack some of that experience within the league. And I think we're missing uh, the veteran leadership, but also the knowledge of the league as well. And obviously there's Rusty and a few people that have been around for a while, but I don't think we have
4: enough of that. The problem with uh, getting veteran leadership in the back line, Eric Godoy is like 27, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Like well, He's not a kid. So he should be, be able to provide that veteran leadership mm. to the younger guys. My mm-hmm. thing is that they got to get the right older players. I don't have a yes. problem with them being young, as long as they have the right older players in every kind of level yeah. of the team. Mm-hmm. A, a good older attacker, a good older midfielder, a good older defender. We've we've uh, missed
1: that experience in the middle. Yeah, we, we saw Mikhail for me just didn't.
4: That's hundred yeah, yeah. percent. It's the midfield yeah. presence that you need. The el, like not the elderly, but the 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 veteran leadership in the midfield because that helps you attack and it helps you defend. Was it, wasn't, it, didn't uh, Henry have
2: a great line about people keep on saying that I'm not a veteran? I've been playing.
1: For- yeah. I, I, I can admit it was myself or her that I'd asked him about bringing more veterans into the team. And he's like, Look, I've been playing since I've been 18 years old. I am a veteran. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Tiber's <laughs> a veteran as well. It's like, no matter yeah. what you think of him, he is a veteran. Yeah. Right. Oof. right. Oh. Or at least Seattle's still going for it. Bless them. <laughs> they got three minutes of uh, Schmetzer time. Hey, this would be the comeback to end all comebacks if yeah. they got if they did anything <laughs> in this. I, I think we're safer. A couple of things in the chat. Milan M is on. You know him, Navid. Yeah, he's saying hi, Navid. Uh, John O'Flynn. All Ireland hurling final tomorrow, seven thirty in the morning. Limerick against Waterford. I haven't watched hurling or Gaelic football for a number of years. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it. No, two very violent sports. Hurling, yeah, it, in particular, it's like field hockey, but you're holding your stick up in the air and you can hit people with it. Jeez.
2: <laughs> yeah, G- Gaelic football. I tried to watch some. They were they had some on Sportsnet World for like the summer that I had Sportsnet World, and my wife was just confounded about why are they dribbling it. And then they're putting it on their feet. Like, what, what, what? I can't figure out the rules. That makes no sense. And she also doesn't like that there's two ways of scoring. She's like, there's <laughs> got to be only one way of scoring. You put it in the net or the uprights.
4: Yeah. For me, it's the last time I had any uh, experience with hurling was about a year ago at my cousin's engagement. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough couple hours there and a rough week to follow.
1: Tell you, if you think hurling's vicious as well, you should, be, you should see some shinty Good old North Scotland sport.
4: I've where... seen the, I've seen <laughs> videos of that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Shinty
1: is absolutely insane. Um, what else have we got in the chat? protege 5 is sending shoulder solidarity to me. Thank you so much. He did his clavicle in August in a cycling club crash. <sighs> oh, yeah. I did my clavicle a couple of years ago as well, just some tomfoolery after an East Fife away day. Uh so <laughs> I-, I feel that pain as well. We'll wrap up soon. As soon as the final whistle goes, we'll keep going just for a little bit after it, if you guys are okay with that, just while they're doing the presentations. Then I'll wrap things up and I'll kind of jump on the the post-game press conferences. And for those of you listening on the podcast, I'll probably splice a little bit of audio in. But since we've been talking all MLS things, I I, I, oh, there is the final whistle. Caleb Porter is a two-time, he's a two-timer, he's a two-time MLS Cup champ. And Columbus Crew as well are two-time MLS Cup champs. Wait a second!
4: Wait a second. I'm 10 seconds behind. They still might be able to make it. Oh, don't, <laughs> sorry. Don't, <Hey>. minute, don't <laughs> want to spoil it. No, no. You. It's over.
5: It's over. for In the okay.
2: multiverse, yeah. <laughs>
4: wow.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: So I, this, this Ziggy Schmidt is happy. This Ziggy Schmidt is happy. Yes. This Ziggy Schmidt is not. Where <laughs> <laughs> the
2: battle of the Ziggy's.
1: Yeah, wow. That's a, that's a comfortable and comprehensive win for Columbus. They deserved it from start to finish. Let's just get your thoughts on the games. We'll, we'll go around them all. Start with Navid. Um, Well
3: deserved over 90 minutes. Um, I really I can't think of a clear cut chance of Seattle, to be honest. I mean, I think uh, well deserved. They got it done.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, the Seattle huffed and puffed, but they, right. they just didn't come close.
4: Oh, yeah. there was a there there is a Canadian there, Jordan Hamilton. I just saw oh. him right there in the background. I don't know if he I don't think he was on the bench though. I don't no. think he was 18, but well, there's also
1: the, there's a Scottish guy, Chris Cadden, with Columbus. Oh, well, there you oh, go. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah, Jordan Hamilton. he played one game against these Fife. I know that because I checked his stats just to see because I was gonna speak to him this week and I was gonna ask him about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jordan Hamilton. I forgot he'd moved to the... To yeah, the, I totally missed that.
4: Oh, so there, there you go, Jordan. But, he wasn't, there was. but he, wasn't, he wasn't on the bench, though, but he still is part of the winning team, I guess, winning club. So, so Will, just what, what's your thoughts on Columbus's win,
1: quickly?
2: Well, they, they obviously really had Seattle's number, and uh, it did definitely see, like, uh, from about the... Was it about the 15-minute mark on that Columbus had most of the game? Seattle had a bit of a, a, a late surge um you know with another 10 minutes or 15 minutes to go at the end of the game but really it was i i felt that was mostly columbus and a well-deserved win oh, Porter, is that the new now. yeah is it the
1: new, Mourinho? That, a new Mourinho? Yeah. you're yeah. gonna <laughs>
4: have to like uh, <laughs> you are gonna have to break some oxygen out for him right now yeah he, he's enjoying this
1: uh, it's like
4: is it because it's against seattle you think a little bit. That might be oh, part of it. Oh, that'll <laughs> be extra special for him. Yeah, the
1: I'm still not sure fans should be there. Oh, I tend a, to agree with you. Everything that's, that's happening, but nice. it's lovely to see them there. With what they went through, I, I hope the fans that got to be there were people that were real driving forces in the whole save the crew thing. Because mm. to me, that would make it extra special. If it's gone to like dignitaries and bigwigs and folk that haven't suffered the way that a lot of the other fans had suffered and did stuff, then that would be sad. But it's nice to have them there. Mm. I just don't think they should be. I I'm, I'm, I was watching the boxing earlier tonight and they had a 1,000 people there in the boxing. And I was mm. like, they're talking about moving London into Tier 3 and you're letting fans go yeah. into boxing. And there was meant to be no, like the darts is starting on Tuesday and there's meant to be no singing and no shouting. Yeah, good luck with that.
5: Seriously. Once the beer yeah.
1: start flowing, it's like, because there was yeah. meant to be no singing at the boxing and they were singing at the boxing. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you stop a thousand people from singing?
2: Yeah. I mean, I just think that it's it's one of these things where, I mean, first of all, people want to be there. And second of all, the teams want to sell tickets. And third of all, the players and, and the club. Want people to be there for the atmosphere and the but TV network it, and the TV network because that's what's driving a lot of this great great call, Steve. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's just going off the charts. I mean, Navid in in the states, I've, I feel for you guys, but we were talking before we went on. Yes. But but oh. Canada, like BC, is going to the to through the roof too. So
1: now then, we'll play you the audio from both head coaches after the MLS Cup. We're going to hear first of all from the loser. Seattle Sounders' Brian Schmitzer and then a little bit from the winner two-time champion Caleb Porter
9: I'll congratulate Caleb and Columbus, that was a very good performance and then I'll also say that I'm very proud of the season not the last game of the season, but the season that my squad put together um, you know, they worked hard, they fought till the end But they came up short tonight. Uh, But in the long run, in the bigger picture, I think there's certainly uh, a lot of success that follows this franchise. And we hope to continue that.
0: The last game may have taken a bit too much out emotionally, physically and everything, as well as Columbus closing out their stadium at the same time.
9: Well, I mean, yeah, maybe the last game was emotional. It was emotional high and you got to get back up again, but it was a cup final. I mean, I almost felt like in that first half, our soccer wasn't great. And it was almost like they were too, too wound up too tight. Uh, just couldn't seem to find their rhythm early in the game, you know, and then obviously you go one goal down. Okay. That's Okay. But going two goals down certainly was a dagger. And that was, you know, something that, you know, you got to give credit to Columbus.
6: A lot of work. You know, what a what a long journey to this point. Started last year. Um, you know, last year, first half of the year was a rough was a rough start. Obviously it was a transition. And but you saw midseason, you know, that we started to get uh, you know, our playing style going, we started to get players in that could execute, and the mentality, which is so important to winning, uh, started to grow. Um, and then this year, it carried right into this year from day one. We didn't lose a preseason game. I think we won the first five games. And, you know, I, I really think there was a period where, where we won one and seven, as much as everybody was. Panicking, we weren't as a staff, we weren't as a team. And in some ways, that probably um, made us tougher, made us stronger, uh, like the entire year, all the adversity that we had. Um, this is a pretty special date, 1212, uh, and it's a very special stadium. Uh, 16 years ago, 2004, uh, as an assistant coach at IU, I won on this pitch uh, on December 12th, ironically. In my mentor, Jerry Yagley's last year, um, you know, people don't talk about Jerry Yagley, but because he's never been a pro coach, but he's one of the best coaches, um, soccer coaches ever. And uh, won five national championships. And I started learning from him and I cut my teeth with him. And I uh, won a championship on this field on 12-12, ironically. And uh, 10 years ago, 2010 on 12-12, I won a national championship at Akron, uh, you know, a city that no one talks about a lot up, up the street um, city that I was proud of Akron. We won a national championship. And then obviously five years ago, we won a championship, not on 12, 12, but 12, six, but on this field. So uh, I don't know. You tell me, is it meant to be? Uh, I believe so. I really do. I look for a story when I take jobs. I want to be passionate about those jobs and, Um, my overwhelming feeling after the match was for the fans, what they've been through to save the team. And, uh, I was very motivated to bring a trophy back to them because, uh, I took one from them obviously in 2015 on this pitch. You know, I believe a championship is one in the day-to-day process, how you play, the mentality that you have, um you know, our our guys became winners this year. I said that after the last game. Um, You know, a lot of good players, a lot of good teams, but uh, not all those players are winners, champions, and not all those teams are championship caliber teams. You need to have a special fiber and you need to fight and work and have a strong mentality, a winning mentality every single day. You know, I believe that's the difference. You know, every team in this league now, they play pretty good. They have good players, but the psychology of winning that, that mentality every day in that vision, you know, to, to do something special. Um, you know, that's what sports is about. Um, so when we have adversity, um, and I say this all the time, you know, you can, you can be PTSD or you can be PTG and PTG is post-traumatic growth. And, I actually believe that you grow more than ever in adversity. I've grown more than ever this year. My team and my players have grown more than ever. And so when we have adversity like this week, we use it the right way. We handle it the right way because life, there's a lot of adversity, there's a lot of ups and downs. You get bloodied. You know, I'm an underdog. I've been bloodied a lot, I've won a lot. Um, I've had to fight for everything I've gotten. Um, you know, being a college coach, not being a pro player very long one year. And I've had to, you know, prove myself. I had to come to this league and prove myself. And, um, you know, I, I do this for the players. I do this for the moments like today. I do it for the guys in that locker room. I love every one of them. Um, that's, that's what life's about. That's why I coach. Caleb, your opening press conference, you told us you wanted to bring trophies
8: to this club, put trophies in the trophy case. When you are out there after
9: this game, you're on the stage, you're in front of those fans, what's going through your mind
1: given how you came into this job with that kind of statement?
6: Yeah. Number one, the players, my feeling for them, being in the locker room with them every day, being in the you know, trenches, if you will, with them every single day and all the times that we've you know, talked, trained, um, played games, won, lost, been on Zoom calls. Um, you know, I, I for me, that's the first thing I think of is is the players. And wow, unbelievable group of guys. I love them all, honestly, like a family to me. Um, you know, some people say that, but it's true for me. I love every single one of them. I can't um, can't tell you how proud I am of all of them. Um, how much they gave this year, and they'll remember this forever. You know, I believe in leaving legacies, making history. Um, That's what sports is about. You know, we've left a legacy. You know, everybody's going to remember 2020. Everybody used to talk about 2008. That's still going to be a year that everybody talks about and all, all those players that were on that team, they'll celebrate. Well, 2020 is going to be a year in this club's legacy that everybody's going to talk about. And these players are going to talk about, and these fans are going to remember it. And these players are going to remember it. And, Life is short. Life is short. And, you know, sports and bringing a group together to ignite a community, to make memories with with that group of guys in the locker room, that is what it's about. It's about that. It's not about the money. It's not about um, as much as you'd think um, ego, fame. It's about the simple stuff, winning together and bringing a community together and igniting the fans. And when you think about how the fans are going to feel today, that was the second thing that I thought about when I ran down the sideline because I took one from them in 15. I, I came here to bring one back to them and to give them a trophy. And I was so happy for them. And it makes me feel really good that they get a trophy tonight um, because I promised them a trophy and I was happy that I could bring it to them. Yellow swag,
5: Columbus crew.
6: Yellow swag, Columbus crew. Yellow swag, columbus
1: crew brian schmitzer and caleb porter there once again huge congratulations from all of us at aftn to columbus their fans and everyone associated with the crew it's obviously it's been that a tough year for everyone i'll kind of just wrap up with one last little segment uh we'll just kind of keep chatting until they they do do the presentation maybe but this has obviously been the 25th year of mls 25th anniversary when when they planned all this, when the league got underway, they could never have imagined that they would be going through all the crap that they've gone through, suspended season, a bubble tournament, some teams being able to get fans in, some not. They've had some off-the-field controversy as well, like at Real Salt Lake and the stuff that's gone there. The Black Lives Matter movement's really kind of risen to prominence because of everything that, that's happened just elsewhere in America that, that kind of sparked all this. When you look back on this season, first of all, I'll just get your thoughts on this season to start with. What was that again with, Naveed? How, how would you look back on this season? Have you enjoyed what you've seen of it? Do you feel it's been a success?
3: Uh, Overall, given the circumstances, I would say, I mean, the Orlando tournament putting everything together I mean I, I wouldn't say if it's a success but I don't think they could have done anything better to be honest uh, I mean what else could they do I mean that's mm-hmm. there were't a lot of options to be honest it's definitely looking back it's a it's a special season but I think MDS said in one of the interviews with you uh, or in the press conference like you can't really tell who really was the best team over the year no yeah. or like the MVP or yeah, it's, yeah. it's like I mean, I was just going to ask you guys, how was Columbus actually like over the year? I actually, they're pretty good at the beginning. Yeah. But would you predict who they're going to be MLS Cup
1: winners? Like, no. No. I I thought Philly would have done it because they'd been strong all year. But then I also thought, really, in the back of my mind, it's going to be Seattle against Toronto again. Yeah. I just thought Toronto were going to just basically get it done. Yeah.
2: I was looking up for it, um, you know, and. What August, September, and then they just sort of hit a wall.
4: The thing, I is, really, the, yeah. the, the thing is with the MLS playoffs is except for the finals, um, they're usually very unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, like you'll get major like upsets that you're not expecting at all. Um, right. so it's very hard to predict who's gonna be there at the end. But but uh, but especially when they the last couple of years when they've gone to like these one game elimination games, mm-hmm. um, it's been really very hard. Like, you don't know who's gonna come out on top on a single game. But overall, uh, yeah, you're right. The last few years, Toronto, being Se- T- Toronto, Seattle wasn't that great. Nobody expected Columbus to be in there, but they still had. In the East, there were so many like teams that were kind of on the same level, mm, right. and, and and there was no way to really uh, figure out who was going to come out on top. There in the in the West, I still thought it was going to be LAFC, but then they lost players at the return the, the returning tournament and stuff like that so it, it, that one again you don't know who's going to win but seattle they had they had a team that was been together for so many years so you kind of expected them to do it again um one blow i I mean the league had done was definitely the the fact
3: that the Cavs didn't go through the playoffs because of the points per what was it yeah, yeah. yeah. that was i mean if they could do something better that was one that
2: i, I, I just I, have to kind of agree that yeah. I, I just think that was a joke. And to be honest, yeah. like I enjoyed the MLS is back tournament, but after that, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't really it I wasn't really feeling the season, and I, it I seemed a, bit, a joke. But yeah. I like just think they should have ended it, it.
1: Like for me, a big part of it was, and we talked about this in the show MLS is back, every single game was on TSN. Mm-hmm. So you could PVR it, you could watch yeah. it at your leisure, you could fast forward through it if you wanted to watch them that way. As soon as it started, some games were on, some were on the zone, some went on at all. My interest yeah. did wane. Yeah,
4: hundred percent. The, the Eastern yeah.
1: Conference, I couldn't really have told you what was happening yeah. with it outside of Montreal and Toronto. Toronto. It, it,
5: it,
2: it did feel like Canada. the now not the same level, but it was sort <laughs> of like a cup tournament, like the Euro or the World Cup, where I'm like really engaged in all these games that are going on. Obviously, I had a dog in the fight. But it was also like it was the whole event meant something kind of thing to a certain extent. And I I know some people didn't like this, but I'm working at home. I enjoy turning on the games at 9 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. or whatever and having them in the background while I'm working. And I'm like, oh, I really want to catch the one after work or at 3 p.m. or whatever it was. So I enjoyed having that. And that felt like a very compressed, intense Thing like the World Cup or the Euro. Certainly not as big. I'm not trying to say it was as big. Yeah,
1: but. I, I loved it. I I genuinely would not have an issue with them doing that next year as well. Yeah. We, we enjoyed it so did, much,
4: we were going to do an 8 o'clock watch-along. I know. Eight the game got cancelled.
1: Garber did talk about they've lost nearly a billion dollars this year. And that everything that went into putting that tournament on, the way that he was talking about it makes it sound like they're not going to do anything like that again just logistically mm. cost everything like that so i mean that it, it was great he just feels that the viewing figures in the states have been really good since they returned so i i guess that's yeah. the, the big driving thing the, the game that they moved as much as we said it was terrible that they moved that that game to the the Seattle Minnesota game to the thursday or was it this? No, they sport in Kansas City, Minnesota game. They moved that to the Thursday to be on Fox. Mm-hmm. It drew their best rating. Oh, it okay. on, I I can't remember exactly what he said. It, okay. For a normal game or a oh, playoff okay. game, I think it was their best rating because mm-hmm. it was on Fox Sports prop. It was on Fox proper. Oh, that Fox I like Sports this. I like this Fox.
4: owner. I like this owner big time. Let the player actually t- uh, grab the cup. Yeah.
3: Oh, was it Atlanta when the no, the right, owner right. he took the cup, I think.
4: Yes, <laughs> in, I, hate, I hate. I hate the fact. <laughs> I hate the fact that they give these cups to the owners first. That's yeah, stupid. Yeah, like they do it. In, I, yeah, uh, they do it at NFL, uh, in baseball, and in basketball. Yeah, mm-hmm. in hockey, it goes to the. Oh, I don't even see the owner on the on the ice. Well done,
1: Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. Really happy. So, last couple of things then, quickly. So it's the 25th year. Like, Do you look at MLS fondly? It gets, obviously, a a hard time. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the league that's nonsense and all the rules that are so complicated to understand. But it is the top-level football we've got in North America. There's been rumours this week that FIFA have approved Liga MX and MLS merging. So whether that is true or not, I don't know. If you have that being the case... The white caps are even more out in the cold.
2: Yeah, I can see us don't, being I, a factor I, in that. No, we're,
1: we're not at the top <laughs> table or the middle table. We're at one of those little tables that Donald Trump's been signing all
4: his his things on. I, I don't get how they're going to do this. Like why like yeah. I understand that they want to get like uh, maybe, TV money. This is, t- this is I understand the TV money but, but why, why not just do something else on the side like they were doing before. But I guess maybe they didn't feel that was legitimate enough. I don't know. Remember that, uh, that tournament they were trying to do where they have half... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Half- yeah.
1: I mean, that, that's still going. I, so I don't know if this is to be an additional thing or if it's to take over from it. There had been initial talks it was going to happen after the 2026 World Cup. So, I mean, it still could be a, a while away. But, I mean, you, you're, you are just right. getting then on to...
5: You that know. I could
1: see with the timing like mm. doing
3: it after the world cup but generally speaking I don't know it's uh, I think
4: uh, if they do that they're going to they they have to do different like leagues like leagues. Local, oh, higher they league, would have to like higher league, one, lower two, league two. and yeah. maybe yeah. maybe three tiers well you'd have to have promotion relegation then you would have to yeah, yeah.
1: there's
2: I mean, already I'm, three tiers in Mexico yeah. There's the, there's yeah.
3: The
1: essential yeah and they stopped relegation from the top tier this year because uh lots of stuff that was going on and can, you, can you oh. imagine
4: if vancouver's in a tier with teams all uh, mostly east coast uh down south or something like that, <laughs> well yeah and there's no teams near them at all
1: well the, <laughs> the only thing that might work in our favor is they were talking about a lot of it would be regionalized oh okay but that Mexico's kind of on our side anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that doesn't, I don't know how that works. That maybe they mean sense. the top teams would be in like, say the premier division and then everything else would be regionalized. The bad thing yeah. if that happened from the white Caps view is all our rivals would then be in the top yep. tier.
5: Yep. <laughs> Except so maybe Except with
1: Colorado and like real Salt Lake and stuff like that. Probably
4: Except Montreal, Montreal would be the only one that would be one of our like uh, kind of rivals. Oh, we'll,
1: we'll probably yep. end up moving to a North division or something.
4: Yeah. But do you, you guys uh, think
1: that well They're going to remove the salary cap thing because they, oh, they'd have to. They, they have would to have to, hundred well, percent. The MLS teams couldn't compete. Maybe, maybe yeah. different, yeah.
4: maybe different levels. Maybe there's no salary cap at the top level, and then you have salary caps at the lower levels.
1: That could be when the Whitecaps move to CPL because
4: <laughs> yeah, I was. Thinking or, or they that. just sell the they sell the
1: team and it relocates somewhere else. Yeah.
4: No, no, because the thing is, is they can sell the MLS franchise. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll, and then yeah. keep the white they can caps sell rights, and Yeah, they'll keep yeah, all then, that. Yeah, and then they moved. Uh, that's what I thought would yeah. happen anyways. in by like twenty thirty, I was yeah. expecting that to happen because by then the, all the expansion teams will be taken up or spots or whatever. Last oh. thing I
1: mentioned, MLS announced their all-time top twenty-five greatest players this week. That's played in the league over the twenty-five years. I mean, I'm sure it comes as a big surprise that there was no white caps on it. I, I mean, I was stunned. <laughs> But there wasn't even any former white caps that that were on it as well. There was a few that were nominated.
3: Really?
1: Um huh? yeah. <laughs> Let me guess, wait. Uh, uh,
3: nominate? nominated. Yeah. Camilo. Oh, Camilo. Be, Camilo uh, would have to be one. Well, it would have to be Jada Maird, one of them, you would think. Oh no, the goalkeeper. What's um
2: David it
3: no, from San from San Jose. Come on, uh, Joe Cannon. Joe Cannon. Joe Cannon. Yeah, I could see Joe
1: Cannon. Yeah. Joe, Joe and- Cannon yeah. was nominated as Camilo? was Camara. No. Okay. Oh, no Camilo, and really? there was a th- there was a third white cap. Third white cap. Davies. Think about, yep. I was going to say, oh, think about who's had a massive right. impact hey, in MLS yeah, 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 Alfonso yeah, yeah. Davies. I
4: thought Camilo would be because he did have that one fantastic year. And I thought that that would be enough for him to get, be nominated.
1: At least. Well, see, yeah. th- this is the discussion I was having with folk. Like, the, obviously, there's I'm joking. There's no way the White Caps, any yeah, White Caps, yeah, would yeah. be anywhere near the top 25. Some folk no. didn't get that. I was joking when I, I tweeted that out. But obviously, yeah. I don't think that. But then you start to think, Paul Barber would Is there any in the top 50, top 75, top 100? Because you're thinking about guys that's made an actual contribution. Because you look at guys that's on this list and it's guys that's won MLS Cups.
5: Yeah, Camilo
1: is the only guy that maybe would have had an argument, but he would have had to have been here for me a couple of more seasons to even be in the the equation. He
4: would have had to have that one season. He would have had to have that at least one more time. Yeah. And then that would have been reasonable. Um, I think most likely probably there's only one Canadian right de rosario was probably the only de rosario at, made it uh there was yeah. a couple
1: more nominated uh pat onstad yeah. was nominated yeah. will johnson was nominated as well will johnson
4: will johnson <laughs> will johnson was
1: the- I don't know who was doing the nominating they never asked me it said it's 200 former and current players coaches staff and media
2: was connor casey on that list cuz no. not that i would have picked not up, the top 25 you didn't make the top 25 but, 25, but i'm pretty but sure he would had,
1: have got nominated yeah
2: he was. He had two brilliant seasons and helped win that cup in, in Colorado. But he didn't have a very long standing impact. No, I mean the, the, the,
1: some of the names on it. I'll, I'll quickly r- no, I won't quickly rattle through twenty five names. That's a lot for folks to sit and listen to me.
4: Well, but, well no, a lot of the names aren't going to be recognised because they're from the like the,
1: or, or, yeah. the early yeah. days. Yeah. But you, you've got like Beckham and Beckham, yeah. De Rosario, Dempsey, Donovan, Javinko, uh, Kobe Jones, Robbie Keane. Joseph Martinez. Yeah, I mean he broke the
4: record, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like he's had a couple of good years. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was saying if Camilo had had stayed and done that. Yeah, then he would have been you'd uh, then be looking
1: at something like that. But I mean we'll close. I didn't really want to close on a on a negative thing, but we'll we'll close by saying (laughs) it's quite damning that the white caps aren't even close to having a top twenty five or a top fifty maybe even a top hundred guy in there from his time with the White Caps. And let's just hope the next not 25 years, but the next five years can see a change. Because we've sat and watched Columbus tonight. Yeah. They're not a sexy team. They're not yeah. from a city that folks gonna like players are going to be like, oh, I want to go and live in Columbus and play. Right. Because folk are often saying oh it's hard to compete with New York and LA I think we can compete with a, a team like Columbus, but yes. you've got a management group that believes in it, have brought in key players, have done good scouting. You've got a coach that's a proven yep. success. You've got proven guys on that team in MLS. Now they're MLS cup champs. And I know it's been a strange season and I know teams didn't play other teams and maybe there is an asterisk b- beside their names, But we're always talking about we should strive to be like this team, like Seattle or Portland. We should be striving to be like Columbus.
3: Right. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I really think next year is going to be a key year for the club. Yeah, It's going to be a big one.
1: It worries me because of the border issues and quarantine. And are you going to say to players, look, you might not see your family for maybe three, four weeks at a time. And then when you do, you're maybe going to see them for just two days. It's all going mm. to depend on vaccines and borders. You've yeah. got the Canadian government saying we don't see the American border opening anytime soon until things are under control in the US.
5: Yeah, I
1: don't know when that's going to happen. Because we just they, have to hope the vaccine, I mean, the vaccine numbers as well. It's not enough to have what you need until probably September, October yeah. time. Yeah.
4: So they're because they're rumored, they're rumored to keep the borders closed for the NHL. If they're keeping the borders close to the NHL, they're not going to be opening it up for any other league. Right, yeah. right, right, right,
1: right, right. I think the Raptors
4: are playing in Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, genuinely, if I was Mark DeSantis, young family, I'd be like, do I want to even put myself through this? When there's maybe other options, I can take a year out, my stock's still going to be high with what I've done before, just sit this out. He's not going to ever do that. But that would be how I would approach it. But it might be getting too.
2: Yeah, I say getting players might be difficult if you're trading within the league and you're going to be picking up you, an American or something. Well, like
4: no, that. but if you think of it, for those players they want to acquire, uh, I think I talked about it on a different podcast, uh, earlier podcast. If you're going to be playing in Portland most of the year, you could say you don't have to worry about, are you coming to Vancouver? You can move your family to Portland. Mm-hmm. And that might be a selling feature. Like a, even yeah. a, a player from outside, yeah. the MLS, you say you would be a little bit in Vancouver, and then most of the year we'll be playing in the. In, in
1: this could be our way to get experienced MLS veteran yeah. Americans
2: as well. Right. That's a good point, as long as their families are willing to move, I guess. Yeah.
4: Yeah, And, and like I said, they're going to be, uh, maybe on that side, they'll be a couple months away from their families, but most of the year they'll be with their families because Vancouver will be in Portland. Yeah. I think that's a good point to end
1: it thank you everyone for watching the stream um i know most folk will listen to this later (sighs) on the podcast and stuff we'll just go around everyone for a final goodbye and just let everyone know where they can find you online let's start with will
2: ah well uh my name is will silver you can get me at uh i guess at cover collective on twitter
3: um you can find me at at, um, and and Thanks for having me.
1: It was tons of fun. Really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. We're going to get you two guys back on with a quiz with Steve and Zach. We're going to be doing a few quizzes. Myself, Zach, and Steve will each host one. Steve, let people know where they can find you online.
4: Yeah, my name is Steve Pander. You can find me at WhitecapsBeat, and I will be finishing fourth in the quiz.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I might throw some things in that you know about wrestling. (laughs) I'll try and get some wrestling tie-ins. I don't forget you can give Zach a follow on Twitter at ZacharyAM. I'm Michael McCall. Give me a follow on Twitter, AFTN Canada. Read our stuff, AFTN.ca. We're going to have some stuff going up. I'm going to do a little piece um, from a chat with, with the Austin guys this week as well, ahead of the expansion draft. So check all that out. Please like this channel, subscribe it, turn on notifications and like this video. It's going to help us with the algorithms. I don't understand all that, but that's what all the cool kids say. So I'm sure that's a fact. But thank you for staying with us. I hope you've enjoyed the MLS Cup. I hope you've enjoyed what turned out to be a very MLS-heavy chat as well. We'll be back soon. Until then, thanks for watching. Take care and more on the Caps. Bye, everyone.
2: Going to your first match is an experience you'll never forget.